0: Welcome to the Bros Who Think Podcast, starring your host, Mr. Lyndon Burton, and his co-host Horace Hall, aka Brooklyn, Adam Schubert, Justin Batiste, and special guest this week, Charles Reese. We got a lot to get into, so without further ado, take it away, fellas.
1: Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Bros Who Think Podcast. My name is Lyndon Burton, aka Young Boy D Wits, aka The People's Champ, aka in the motherfucking building. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 99. Wait, can I just say thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who's listened to this podcast? Whether you listen once or you listen weekly, I, from the bottom of my heart, Thank you guys for all of your support. This is episode 99, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Brooklyn. Brooklyn, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, baby. I'm doing good. We won away from 100, baby. It's feeling real nice. Yeah, this is a vibe, baby. This is a vibe. And also joining us, our other co-host, Mr. Adam Schubert. Schubert, how you
2: doing, brother? doing well, man. Yeah, 100 creeps up on you. It's it, bro, all, it only feels like yesterday that we were just starting this thing.
1: Exactly. Like it only feels like yesterday that you and Brooklyn were just guests on the show. Like I don't know if people realize how I, how I, how I, how we moved out in these streets. Like introducing y'all as guests and then co-host. That's why I, we was out here, baby. The plan, the team is strong. But look, I gotta play something. Cause this is the vibe I'm on. I'm i t- I'm feeling like Festival Lynn. I'm feeling like oh, Pike House man. Lynn. Oh, Festival man. Poppy. Let me. Let me, let me
2: Long just, hair Lynn.
1: Hold on. Alright. Gonna come back home. they gonna try to take us down, but fuck it. Trips that you plan for the next whole week. week. It's too long for a nigga so cheap and your flex so deep, your sex so deep. You got got it, girl. girl. You You got got it. it. You got it, it, girl. girl. You You got it.
3: Pretty little thing, you got a bag of your. Took it off line,
1: No, no I didn't oh. oh. the vibe I told everybody to was coming and Oh, just dance with me, ladies no and guys. gents out there. Because I'm dancing up, in the suit. <laughs> <know> the suit. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Do the thing! Uh. shipping only because you, you know need you need poppin' me. Yeah, You got, got it, girl. You, <laughs> got, you got, it. got it. You got, got it, girl. Hey. You, you got it. Hey! All right, we're going to cut that off. As much as I love Chris Breezy, we was hit for the Drake part. And I will play it again one more time when we get to the song. I'm going to play the end because the end is killer. This but, man yo, is are we so allowed to light. do that? That's what I'm saying. This man is so light-skinned.
0: they <laughs> don't even care if he got the clearance or
1: not. <laughs> yo, but, no, no, I think we're good because it's not a Drake song. It's a Chris Brown song. And Chris Brown label don't be taking down songs, so we good out here in these streets. But if you get taken down, I'm going to just remove the song. That's all. It's just a vibe. But, look. <laughs> Let's start this pod because we got a lot to get into. We got music, of course, talking about Chris Brown and Drizzy. We got the future EP, the T Grizzly EP, a lot of good stuff to discuss. Also got some stories that I want to talk. But first, before we get into this, we got to start off with Tyler, the creator, versus DJ Khaled. So we talked a little bit about it last week, but this nigga is wild. DJ Khaled is, is now suing Billboard because he feels... His bundle didn't get included, but this nigga tried to bundle with an energy drink that's a pyramid scheme. So he tried to do a bundle where, oh, if you buy these energy drinks, you get my album. And then the, the pyramid scheme place was like, oh, yeah, buy f- six uh, bottles of DJ Khaled, buy six bottles of this drink and you get DJ Khaled's album for free. And it's like, bro, you can't be doing that. Like, if it's a tour, if it's merch, it's different. But you working with a pyramid scheme and you got caught, you can't be mad at that. Like, Tyler did it the right way. B, I just want to hear your thoughts because it's like Khaled was all positivity and now that he ain't winning, it's a problem.
0: Yeah, that was some corny shit, bro. That was some corny ass shit. And for me, it's just like, bro, I see what you tried to do, but it just didn't work. So why are you mad at Billboard? Because your shit didn't pan out the way you thought it was. And to keep it a buck, your album was trash. Yeah, that's
1: trash, trash, bro. That's the thing. Like, Igor was fire. Like, at the end of the day... Even if you're trying to sell, get to number one, and, like, you want to use your bundles and stuff, maybe if your music was better, you'd have got to number one.
2: He had to he use a bundle. He had, to he use had to, Someone had to have an incentive to get that album. Exactly. It wasn't the music. And that's
1: my thing. It's like, okay, dog, like, you, obviously, because you sold a lot, like, your fan base is there with you. Of course you have the bundles and stuff helping you get to number two. But still, your fan base isn't there. And maybe if your music was better for this album, It would've went number one. Like this is just it's point blank, like Brooklyn said. He he, his album wasn't good.
0: Like it was it the fact that he's trying to use all these schemes and shit, nigga, you should have just released the tour dates for all that, nigga, because these bundles you trying to do and shit, they wasn't really gonna push no sales for you because the first day of streams, we figured out that first date. Like honestly, keep it above with you, bro. I listened to that album the first day, and I said I'm not revisiting this album because I know it's still gonna be trash in two, three months.
1: No, I'm with you. I didn't. I, huh, I didn't run it back at all. Like I ran. I, I listened to it twice. Not even just one. I listened to it twice for the pod, and that was it. Like, Katie locked the door. This that album's not that great. Like, not even the songs I expected to be good were good. Exactly. Like, that's the that's the thing. Like, even my girl was like, when she heard that Scissor song, she was like, "This Scissor? and I was like, "Yeah, don't sound too hot, huh?" And she's like, "Nah, this not this not a good Khaled album." And like, even if like the Scissor song not sounding good, the Travis Scott not song not sounding good, you know what type of album? Even if the B the Beyonce and Jay Z song not sounding good, you know what time it is? Like that's what Khaled, I'm like pack this shit up. Like he went way too pop, and it's like, bro. You can't just be Mister Positivity when you're winning. You got if you are gonna be po- that just shows it's fake. Exactly. That's exactly. like
0: why he was keeping it up is because it was making him money the deal with Snapchat and shit like Weight watch. That's All the same. reason why you was keeping it up was because it was getting you sponsors, nigga. Like now That's you cool. like fuck this positivity shit because these niggas think I'm pussy. Blah blah blah. They put me on number one. Like
1: bro, the Billboard they didn't do that. Exactly. You did that. You made the debut right. album. Like and 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 I'm glad that Billboard is finally making a stop to this because we saw this happen with Nikki before and bundles and stuff. And it's like, bro, it should be album sales that get you the number one. It should right. not have to be this merch, these tour. Like, come on, like, and even the ones that did it, they did it in a smooth way, like Hove with the Samsung deal, Tyler with his clothes. Like, they're doing it in cool ways, but gonna go get with a pyramid scheme and an energy drink. Like, bro. What are you trying like, to sell? Energy drinks and
0: liquor bottles, like Nikki with the, you know, the bottles of liquor and shit. Like,
1: what y'all doing? What, yeah, like, it's, really what the fuck y'all doing? Like, like, like y'all aren't artists. Y'all are salesmen. Like, let's right. let call it. Let's call it what it is. These, y'all aren't selling music.
0: Like, it'd be cool if you release this shit like a month or two after your album come out. Don't be trying to release that shit around your album and try to put that together with your album sales. Like that to me is like big corny. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to knock your hustle. If you're trying to get into other things, that's cool. But I'm not letting you add that to your album sales. Nigga, like, you crazy? Yeah, y'all is not
1: trying, crazy? To get, y'all like, trying to you? get over on me. <laughs> ah, partner. I'm, not, I'm not buying all this shit just to get, get out. Fuck no. Like, I'm, gonna go, I'm not going to even buy it. I'm going to go stream on Apple Music. That y'all, gets, y'all get my my stream. What you about to say, Shuby?
2: Yo, this is kind of off topic, but, you know, we, we didn't really get to talk about that Chris Brown joint, but... Oh, that's, ne- that- that's next.
1: Okay,
2: that's man. Coming up. Well, it's, it's, come, well, it's coming well, up. Well, for real, though, once that came out and I saw a tour... Shoot.
1: Oh, you're excited for that Tory Lanez Chris Brown tour? Yeah. Yeah, yeah my going girlfriend to New Orleans. Ooh, wait, he's you know, N-O? going to be in the might Yeah, might going to New Orleans. But let's, let's, let's talk about the lineup, because I think this, this lineup is kind of crazy. Like this is like, like you hear Chris Brown Tory Lane's Ty dollar sign, you're like, ooh, I'll go with a female, we're gonna dance, we're gonna have a good time. And then Brooklyn, look who the next name is, Jorna Lucas. Why is Jorna Lucas on tour with Chris <laughs> Brown, Tory Lane and Ty Dollar sign. You, know, you know what it would sound like to me
0: then, right? What? It just sounded like they just put up a light skin niggas together and decided to go to a tour.
1: Yeah, but it's like, you don't even you don't even sing like joint hardcore. Yeah, rap.
0: It, is, it is weird though. That that is, is weird. Like,
1: <laughs> like, like the ladies be vibing out to lyricism.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey. I guess he, he coming out first though. That's what I'm. I'm oh yeah, go ahead and go out on a lane here and say he coming out first because I think it's
1: gonna go him Ty Dallasine. It top would mess story. up the vibe if he went in between
0: anybody. Oh,
1: because it would kill it. All the niggas got baby-making music, you feel me? So, like, like, if he went in between that, it would just be weird. Even if he went between Tori and Ty, it would be weird. Yeah, it would be hella weird. My thing is, I, I think this, speaking on Ty Dolla Sign, I think it shows that, that Ty's albums are not up to, to par. And, like, as much as just, like, R&B and hip, hip-hop heads love Ty, if you're a fan of music, you understand how talented Ty is. But, but I think it shows that... Ty, not even been second on the list. He's third because he just doesn't put out good albums. He's a great no. feature artist. He's, he can write stuff, but his albums... Yeah, he's a, he's a great songwriter. He's a great songwriter, but I don't know. Maybe he'll be keeping a good shit for himself. I don't know. I don't, yeah, that shit. Like Ty got to come correct with this new album. Even the J. Cole song, as much as I liked it, it was still mid. It yeah. wasn't, no, wasn't no hot, hot fire. But speaking of hot, hot fire, since you would want to come and uh, jump the gun, let's talk about it. The new Chris Brown Drake single. Chris dropping an album June twenty eighth. He coming out with a thirty song project, but this one look like it's gonna be the one and the single with him and Drake, fire. But before I give my thoughts on it, I'm gonna start with Brooklyn. Then we go to Schubert, Then we go to then. Then I'll finish it off. B-B- I know you came to me. Brown's I know you song. came
0: to me first because I'm dark skinned It's hype.
1: No, no, I came, hey, I, <laughs> I came to you first because I came to you first because I know your last night is hype on it. Is me and Shubert. Because they light-skinned, dog. It's the same (laughs) soft shit. Like, this is the Drake, Chris Brown shit that that we should have got way back when, when we was like, yo, why these niggas ain't collab yet? Well, because they beefing. But look, all right, and let's say this. I'm going to say this. At least it's not like one of those features where, oh, it's these two artists, we've been one together, and then they flop Because they didn't flop. It's just soft. It's not not
0: my vibe right now. It's the summer time. I'm not, look, that shit should have came out in the winter. I'd have been vibing to it a different type of way. You That's know, the know. It's, summer, I think it works hot the now. summer. It's the summertime. Y'all got me fucked up. I need some 808s. I need to be out <laughs> in the streets jugging and moving. You feel me? This That's not that, my that, kind that, of that, music in the summer. That's that summer. Get,
1: get, you a, get you a, oh, look at you. Nah, I know man. You like. I'm trying <laughs> to run down on them when the time. Y'all <laughs> tripping. This festival poppy, get Lynn in the festival Lynn. poppy. Brown hair, blonde hair, Lynn. Let me oh, be back at the pipe house. God. You got it, girl. You got it. Hey, but the only girl I'm saying you got it is my lady because I'm not trying to. We ain't, we ain't, we ain't pushing push no false narrative out in these streets. See, but look, shoot, that's why I can't be pumping <laughs> no shit like that. You feel me? I gotta be on my case. <laughs> shoot me what you thought of the uh, new Drake Chris Brown song.
2: Yo, man, it's hot. Like, it's. It kind of reminds me of uh, of those summertime Drake hits, you know. I mean, it's just one of those things. But I mean, I I really like the Chris Brown song part of the song a lot. I did I mean, too. I, we only played that that Drake part, but I mean, Drake kills it. But I mean, I feel like it's a solid Chris Brown song when it comes when it comes down to it. I feel like with a lot of songs that have great Drake features, the song may not be as great, but Drake's feature's great. Like, I know it's not a bad song, but I kind of feel that way for that weekend song. You know, I'm uh, talking about the one uh, L- you're talking about
1: Lush, The Zone, Liver. The Zone. Oh, The Zone. Uh,
2: wait, yeah, The Zone? Yeah. I Dang. love The Zone as the song, but I mean, like, really, when it comes down to it, I've listened to that Drake verse, like, on repeat at the end.
1: Oh, look at you be coming with a hot take. He don't like the weekend part of The Zone. He like Drake part. Oh, I like you know. the
2: weekend, I'm saying I like the weekend part of the song, but I mean, like, it's not, when I listen to that song, I'm more, more excited for that part. But for this one you like the Chris Brown part. For this one I don't want to not play it all the way through. Like it's Yeah, like, no. I, I agree. feel I feel like the the length is right. Like it, it gives you Drake in the beginning, you get Chris Brown, then you get a little bit more Drake and then Chris no, Brown is it like I feel like, that's like Drake shit at the end. Oh, no, man, bro. Wait, wait. About I, songs.
1: I think I think it's perfect the way they built it. Letting yeah. Drake cuz Drake intros a song great. Chris Brown can carry the middle and then when Drake come at the end Hold on, hold on, y'all got me Brickin got me fucked up right now. Brickin' got me hold on, I'm about to let me let me let me run this real quick. Hold Look, on. It's a, it's a great
2: love ballad. Hold on, hold on. It's me. a great love ballad.
1: Oh
2: it's a great love ballad that you can like groove to with your with the girl. Like, that's all I'm saying. Like y'all
0: make it seem like I said I don't like the song. I said but it's, but it's a great a winner, love ballad.
1: I gonna learn a lot from you. I don't know. Wait. You a little hot girl. You a little sweet.
0: Something about Petri,
1: like Come on, bro. That's I his song. Peach Wait, let me tell you the real part I fuck with. Wait. Grandma, this 3 mommy. Hold on. Oh my god. I know I get a because I like Hey, whoa, whoa. I oh, don't like how you treat me, baby. You like it down. Please take it easy. Take it easy on me, baby. Please. I seen how you did homeboy. That's the that's a bar, bro. Like I know niggas gonna say that's some simp shit, but nah, lady, I seen how you treat these niggas on the street. Don't treat me like that, or we ain't rocking together, you dig? That's for the fellas. Drake coming with that that masculinity shit, like letting these bitches know. I hear, look, you ain't treat me bad, lady. You coming correct, ho. He ain't saying
0: like that. I don't even want you to be
1: portrayed like
0: that. Now, look, when the winter when the time come back around, I you can go for Yeah, but I'm telling y'all right now, nigga, it's hot. It's not, what was it, 90 degrees today in Louisiana, nigga? Bro, it was like 96. Every time you step outside, you bust a sweat. I'm in an angry kind of mood. It's hot outside. Well, I ain't speaking got
1: time for of- that soft <laughs> shit. Speaking of an angry mood. What you thought about that T-Grizzly EP partner? <laughs> All right,
0: look, I'm going to break it down like this. His albums, I don't know if he's not, he's getting too much of the same producers to collab together,
1: but after like the sixth song, it started to sound the same. It was 14, too. It was, a, it was a long thing, but I'll say he didn't have a lot of features, which I appreciated Yeah. it was like him. But like, that's that thats that gangsta stuff. Like, oh, oh yeah, God, look. look. First five songs, I'm in the car
0: looking like I'm about to hit a lick, baby. I'm in mean, that bitch jamming and moving. Windows roll down, scoping out the neighborhood. I'm on my way to Walmart and shit to go get groceries. But I'm moving oh. here with the windows rolled down, scoping out the neighborhood and shit like. like you about to pull, pull up time, dog? Yeah, that's my kind of shit. That's what I started downloading, like. All of the young little Cali rapper songs and shit, because I'd be in the mood in the summertime, dog. I need that. I need a battle in my life, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, trying to hit down, a, I'm trying to hit a jug. You out here playing. Like, come on, dog. <laughs> Ain't no. nothing wrong with a little, you know, you know a little love ballad or whatnot. But I don't, not think, I don't think the love ballad coming out. In the summertime is my kind of move. But I understand Chris Brown promote his album is coming out next month. I mean, coming out later this month. It makes sense that you would choose the the Drake feature to come out, you know, to roll out your album. It makes complete sense.
1: Put me with a bandana on my head, sunglasses, give me a... Uh, henny, in, uh, henny on the Rocks in my hand and let me be in the 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 type of vibe where I got my lady in front of me. Oh, I'm in my grind mode, boy.
0: Ah! If I got a Henny in my hand, she got to go because, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> Henny make a black man angry. I can't be drinking Henny and talking to no girl. She now they play some you, Grizzly and I got the Henny, she got to go because I got to go get the gap. We got we to
1: go. <laughs> I at the crib. <laughs> What's your favorite song off the T-Grizzly? Ah, shit.
0: My favorite song. Hold up. Let me pull that shit up, because I think it's the I want to say it's the Sweet things shit. Where he started talking about uh, Yeah, Sweet things. but he telling these niggas he's like, yo, I'm done being nice to you niggas. All you industry niggas that keep trying to dap me up and shit if I catch you niggas slipping by yourself I'm snatching your chain, nigga. I'm taking your chain and I'm doing it nicely. So that way when I resell <laughs> it I can sell it for the full, full price I'm like, hold <laughs> up this nigga
1: gangster, gangster. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's a bar. Like the sweet things, shit. I fucked with the heroes. I also like the one with Melly and uh, a boogie with the hoodie. Oh yeah. I I like locked up, and also I would say I liked overseas. Yeah. Those my, but I definitely feel like you said they just had too many, and like you said, I think he working with the same producer too much, and everything sounds similar. But the ones that where he just goes bar for bar. That's where he stands out, and it's like, all right, word. Like, yeah, like you no, said,
0: you hitting the with them T Grizzlies. Oh yeah, you already know me.
1: <laughs> that shit is hilarious. Well, let's go from hitting licks to, oh, this guy is really sad, and like, like he's trying to be saved. The future EP, save me, Brooklyn. What you thought about future in his new project? I think at this point,
0: uh, he can't hide behind the the eight oh eight and the, yeah. the the raunchy
1: beats. This nigga's asking
0: for help. I just bro. I,
1: look, I f- and I agree. I fuck with it. Like we always say, when will future? Like, is he doing the drugs? Is he not? Like, is it a cry for help? Like, how is this man actually doing? And this was the first time where it's like, yeah, he gave it to us in an R and B ballad form, but like. Bro, the nigga asked him for help on the project. And then at the right. same time, he's still giving us that trap vibes with like some song, like the uh there's one song on there that's like a a a, bo- a a boisterous vibe and like him talking his shit, but for the most part, this is him talking about his pain and dealing with his his substance abuse. Right. And I like, and look, I respect it. I feel like a lot of people don't like a
0: lot of his fans don't give a fuck. I feel like they no. feel like yeah, they if don't. he gets clean, it's not gonna be the same shit. And I'm just like Bro, y'all not looking out for this man's, you know, best interest type shit. <laughs> mean, like, yeah, like,
3: yeah,
0: y'all want him to be one of them niggas that pass away from, you know, one of his, uh, was it the the liver failure when you uh yeah. fuck with that lean too long? Like, bro, what y'all, what y'all, what y'all trying to do? Like,
1: and the and the, the thing, thing that, that fucked him out. up is he he's mixing the lean with the Xanax or the lean with the the cocaine or whatever. Yeah. allegedly, allegedly, allegedly whatever he's doing, but. You, you can't mix substances. Like, it's not right to do substances, first off. But, like, if you're going to do them, you can't mix substances with other substances. It's a up You're mixing uppers with downers, and, like, that's, fucking that's a you problem. Are. That's making your heart want to just relax. And then at the same time, it's making your heart want to beat out its chest. And your body doesn't know what to do. Like, and we're hearing him talk about this. Like, the fact he named a song Xanax Damage and he's gone into... Like, I applaud Future, because we've been at, like... I didn't know if these mumble rappers, these these trap artists, these people who really talk about their drug use, it's hard. We never see them really go introspective, and especially someone like Future, who's like, I'm not talking about my life. It's all about he's going from the Lil Wayne model, where it's like we only really talking about bitches getting money and doing what we do, thugs. Right. And this was the first time that we saw Future open up that layer and give us a little bit of himself. Now you're completely
0: right, because it's usually what it is is like. He was based off the the, the the Lil Wayne, by the way. It was literally like, we talking about trapping. We ain't talking about nothing else other than, you know, moving bricks, hitting licks, fucking bitches, doing drugs. So yeah. him, it was just like, I don't got to talk about my life. And it's like, well, nigga, guess what? We all concerned about your life, nigga. Because, because. Especially if he didn't, I don't know if he paid pay attention, nigga, like. Ciara I had living her best life. Nigga, what about
1: the rest of them kids? Like, we see that kid. What about the rest of them? Huh. And the funny thing is, I I think their relationship is getting better, at least, like, co-parenting. Because he sampled the Ciara song. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That's why I'm just like... Maybe he's getting his life around. uh, Yeah. But, see, you want that turn-up shit. Like, I'm not going to lie. No, no,
0: no. There's nothing wrong with the future shit, because, honestly, bro, I didn't want the future shit. I didn't want this future shit to be a turn-up shit. I, didn't. Yeah. I I really didn't. When I found out he was dropping something, I'm, I'm like, yo, bro, if this nigga's talking about killing niggas and shooting and doing drugs and fucking bitches again, I'm not gonna watch. I'm not listening. Like, I was no, better, yeah. gonna stop it.
1: Because, <laughs> D- like, he hasn't gotten better than DS2 when he when he stays in that lane. Like, Exactly. W- There's nothing. W- he, can, he can't top
0: that, bro. That's gonna be his best album. He's not gonna top that.
1: And this was just a nice change of pace. Like, I like Future Vandross. I like when Future be getting his uh his B bag, like, as much as I didn't really like the Hendrix one when he did Future and Hendrix, the, the joint, yeah. yeah, that has a couple of things on it. But to me, my favorite Future song to this day is Codeine Crazy. And this is a bunch of Codeine crazies, but really talking about his life. Right. So I fucked with it. All right, the next one we got to talk about is La Flame, uh, Young Thug, and J. Cole. We didn't talk about it when it dropped, but Brooklyn reminded me. We didn't really talk about this single. I wanted to see what you guys thought about the uh, Young Thug, Travis Scott, uh, J. Cole fe- song, the London song. Brooklyn, what you thought about it? I think Thugger should let them have this one
0: because the nigga's body did, and then he came on the, the shit, and it was just like, Thugger, Whatever. what the fuck was this? Yeah, yeah it was like, it was like a, a subpar Thugger verse, and it was just like, nigga, you the one that put your name on it. And it's your song? Yeah, and then you didn't really think it, and then, and then like you said, Trav definitely should've got a verse.
1: Yeah, bro, Travis should have got a verse. Cole came in, great intro to it. Like, I, I'm still getting used to Cole on these types of songs, but I fucked with it. It wasn't bad. And Travis killed the uh, hook game and the, in, the outing. I, I wanted Travis to get a verse. Like, this would have been much better if this was like Young Thug and Travis do well when Young Thug is like doing the, like, pick up the phone, for example. Yeah. When they combined yeah. on the chorus and gave Thug like a, he got a verse, but it was like a, it, it was like a little it was like a bridge
0: kind of shit like It was yeah. like you got the bridge and then it went back to the hook type
1: shit And then like, Quavo ended it It was like an 8 bar, like it wasn't a full 16 Yeah then that's how I, I like Thug in, in those micro doses Because I just don't think it worked together Like if, I, if I'm going to listen to a Thug I want Thug and one other person But when it gets to 3 or 4 people Thug kind of gets outshined
0: Yeah, no, like I like like I, I, <laughs> A lot of people Not going to agree with this, I don't care I like Thug's album, the uh beautiful Thugger Girls.
1: Oh, you fucked with that?
0: Yeah. I fucked mm. with that. Like, like the first seven songs, no skips for me. I fuck with Real. that
1: shit. I fuck with that shit hard.
0: But this like nigga wanna come
1: at me for talking about Chris Brown and Drizzy, but he listened to easy breezy Thugger. Girl. But listen, <laughs> the timing of these albums is everything for me, bro. I'm telling you. I
0: can listen to Thugger by himself, no features. In the winter time, oh, no, okay, I, I feel, can I listen to a Drake. I mean, not a Drake, a Chris Brown album. In the full, winter time. In the winter time. But that last shit, forty-five songs, dead heat in the summer. I already told my friends. I said, listen, I'm trying to hit it lit. I only <laughs> listen to both. I only listen to my of shit. Cause you know what else came out that summer? T. Grizzly first album. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in that bitch. You know what I'm saying? I just, what them niggas? First day out and shit. I'm. I'm hitting licks. This nigga trying to make love. Like, listen, Chris Brown, <laughs> I'm gonna come back in the wintertime and I'm gonna listen
1: into the shit. When, when it's cuffin' season. It's not cuffin' yeah, season. Yeah, he's right trying now. to
0: come out with cuffin' season music in the middle of the summer. And I, I know it's because he don't really got, you know, there's nobody that's really contesting with him. They're just like, he's like, yo, I'm dropping the shit in June. And they're just like, okay, at this point, because it's Chris Brown. And he's either gonna sell him, he's not gonna sell. I can't really make him do
1: radio promo runs and shit. It's Chris Brown. But look, I'll say this. I think we see that Chris Brown is less toxic now because I don't think Drake's doing a song with Chris Brown if he still got that stigma that he had two, three years ago. Oh, yeah. because even he, last, was, he, year, he had all the substance abuse
0: problems. He ain't going to yep. admit it. He ain't going to admit it. But we can see it in his face. You can like
1: a nigga don't got a lot of me. And tell me he's not doing drugs. I can see it in your face, big dog. And then the thing is, also on top of that, he was getting all these false accusations of things. And it just wasn't about a good beating, look for, beating, beating women, women and yeah, raping women. Yeah, and
0: it was some. It was like literally like one after another. And it, for me, at one point, it was like, "Yo, Chris, stop going to Europe. Stay in the fucking house. Yes. <laughs> Stay <laughs> in the fucking house." Because every time you go to Europe, somebody say you either beat them up or you raped them. Stop going to point. Europe.
1: Yeah, just leave that alone. But now that we see him working with Drake, he got all kind of these good. He got all kind of features. This might be the album that, you know, gets Chris back up in the, the mainstay. and well, I, think I hope Chris, so. Because he, he deserves Like, I'm not going to say, because me saying he deserves it, people are going to get that misconstrued. Like, he, he he beat up Rihanna. And yes, I agree. That's wrong. He served his time. He got in trouble. But how can, for example, Malcolm X was Malcolm Little first, and Malcolm Little made a bunch of mistakes at what point do we allow someone to grow and change and become from Malcolm Little to Malcolm X? Like it would be nice to see Chris get back in that mainstay. I think he's he's, he's suffered and I th- well, not mean I say suffered. I think I, he's
2: that's been. a that's a big worldly question because that's kind of like where everyone's at in the world right now. How long how long is it between incidents that we can come to accept someone for their talents? I, th- I
1: think Chris
4: has been time. Regardless of the
2: incidents. No, in the- I've,
0: I've, I'm gonna put it like this. It was one time. Well, it was ten years ago. It was ten fucking. That's years what I'm saying. Ago. At this point, it was ten years ago. For me, it's like y'all forgave all these motherfuckers in the '80s and '90s. Yep. In like a month. Y'all <laughs> yep. can't forgive. Y'all can't forgive Chris Brown. It's That's cause an- his pitches. It's because his pitches. That's why they can't forgive him. Because in back an- in the '80s and '90s, you just
1: heard. What they did. yep. And they had video. And then on top of that, Chris didn't do well because after it, he tried to rehab his career for a little bit, but then he went full, nah, fuck it, I'm a gangster, I'm rapping, I'm blooded up. Like, he, yeah, he went was a totally weird. different, that was a weird route, and it's like, yo, this guy's one of the most talented people ever, arguably the most talented male singer since Michael Jackson, but he's not as big as he should be. And I agree with you, but that is a big question, and that's something that's like, how long do you give it? I think if they served time and they and they make an effort like chris changed his life and like rihanna's cool with him i don't have no beef with him so you know what i mean like if if him and rihanna are cool then who's us to say yo we can't forgive him you know what i mean yeah i you know
0: that's a great point if rihanna has moved on and honestly look the girl got her bag you feel me chris brown is the only one that's suffering at this point she got her bag she's moved on she's she's a fucking fashion mogul now she does her makeup shit she does all the other stuff with puma and things like that she's getting to this bag trust me when i tell you rihanna is not stuck or bent on 10 years ago she's yeah gone. no i don't, I don't think so either that. she's it's in a different window of her brain and it's not what she's thinking about
1: no i agree 100 let me tell you a quick story before we move to, to uh, I got a main topic that I want to discuss for this week. And me and Brooklyn also have a documentary we got to discuss. But I'm going to tell you this crazy story. So, look, I'm driving, right? This lady is <laughs> stopped at the stop sign. Lynn got ro- bad road rage. I'm in a rush. I'm trying to get to where I got to go. Interviews all day. We're trying, we trying to get shit popping for the network. She's taking too long. This bitch is, oh, Jesus. Let me not call her a bitch. But no, nah She's nah. nah. fuck it. Fuck it. She a bitch because she was wilding. This, <laughs> this bitch is at the red light, right? And they got people in front of her. And I'm behind her. The people in front of her go. She stops for at least be at least two and a half minutes. She waits till the shit get yellow and still don't move and stop. I'm honking, honking, oh, nah. flicking off. She's flicking me off. We both fuck, fuck you, bitch, fuck you. She <laughs> fucking me. It's all, it's all, it's just, it's just a fuck you party going all around. So look, it go green. What, what? If it go green, what's your first move going? You got job, motherfucker. I'm looking oh, no, at you. I'm, I'm, I'm honking and I'm trying to pass. So I pass. And you know I'm hopping in that lane. Well, she tried to speed up and my ass cut off. You're not gonna speed up when you see I'm trying to pass when you're driving slow. And so she gets mad that I that I that I get in there. She cussing me out, flicking me off. And then look, she passed on the side of me, flicking me off. I say, fuck you, bitch. Get the fuck on her. I give a fuck what you're talking about. She recording. She recording, like she's gonna go call the cops. I'm like, bitch, call him. Call on Tyrone, motherfucker. Call him. I say, I said, better yet, look. I'm going to call them. We, 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 and she was like, fuck you. And she got back behind me. So I'm thinking, OK, well, this is over with. This is one of just the classic road rage moments where you never see these people again. The bitch had the nerve to follow me to the Circle K to put gas. And she parked right on the side of me no. on the phone. And I'm like, are you calling the cops? And she was like, yes. I was like, well, call them. Let's see if they're going to come. And I'm going to tell them what you did, too. And she and, and she's talking on the phone. She looked at me. She hung up that phone and she had to drive away. Because the motherfucking cops wasn't coming when your ass was doing all kind of crazy shit, speeding up when I just tried to get over another lane. That's your fault. And if, if if you'd have hit me, you would have been in the wrong.
0: Man. But that's that's rage for that's... real, for real. You need to chill the fuck
1: out, man. Okay.
0: <laughs> you may need to get high before you do a lot of things. And like, this motherfucker get angry on the road. God nah, damn. No, bro,
1: bro, look. This motherfucker <laughs> cursing out old ladies and shit. She was like in her 40s. I'm not going to say an old lady. She was like in her 40s. And, I, and, and look, I said she lucky my girl wasn't with her because my girl would have tried to whoop her ass. Nah. Oh <laughs> come pull on come pull on the side of me. What? You trying to what, what you trying to do, uh Nancy? Like soon, Susan, Susan, we wanna know <laughs> white Karen had the at the trying to stop the barbecue? Like, had her phone out <laughs> call, trying to call, like, call him. Like, call him, and I'm gonna call my mama and I'm gonna call the cops too. We go I'm gonna get my lawyer over here. Now, what's up, bitch? You you want some of this smoke? No, you want none of this book. All the nigga was trying to do was pick up his lunch and go back home and do his work. You was just causing me problems.
2: That's like, me so- that's like one of those people that just wanna know they just want them you to know that they didn't do anything wrong and you were the one who did everything wrong. Because like yeah. obviously she did something wrong. And like sometimes I'll get into a situation where I might get honked for like not going at the green right away or something like that. And but I don't try and like fight the other person to prove how <laughs> right how not wrong I was. I'm just like, okay, I was wrong. You got you can be mad at me, whatever. But I mean that's she didn't accept the accept between yeah. She just didn't accept that she was wrong. She was just like, <laughs> I gotta prove to you how wrong you are that I'm not wrong. Because <laughs> so
1: when I tell you it was big fucky she driving along, alongside of me. I'm flicking her off. She's flicking me off. It's just being like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> me, and then look, I put my window down because I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I'm not oh, scared. D- that's you, I know you got. Uh,
0: you must have got that from your old man or something. This no, I got that from. Uh, I got that from my mama. It's about yeah, go, my mom know? is yeah. kind of
2: similar to that too. Window <laughs>
0: rolled down, cursing this
2: lady out. Yeah, you don't know, not even not doing just,
0: it through the window. I'm pussy. I
1: I flick you off with the window rolled up. Uh, uh-uh, I'm not uh-uh, I'm not pussy. You're not just going to flick me this off. Motherfucking- I'm putting my window down. I'm, call, I'm telling you what you got to hear, bitch. <laughs> Fucking bitch. You're not about to give that off on me. No, Yo. To me, we, got, we got similar mamas. My mamas do that. that. My mama been like that.
2: Yeah, my mom loves <laughs> to curse the people in Spanish, man. She oh, loves my it. God. <laughs> it's
1: got
0: the window
2: rolled down.
1: leave <laughs> your <Fucking radio laughs> damn car! I can see Super Mama getting in her Spanish puta <laughs> getting in her Spanish bag. <laughs> <Like>, Pretty much. <laughs> with the, with the fucking puta get the fuck out my way.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. I think she's, she's been in the case of your side of that and also that lady's side of that. <laughs> I feel like she has a story for both. <laughs>
1: that shit is hilarious, but... Speaking of road rage, did y'all see the video, I'm getting better at the transition game, by the way, but did y'all see the video of the woman who, they, this, this little, the, the teenage girl is filming, and her parents are pulling on the side of the road because this car ahead of them is getting out of the car, looking like they're ready to fight, after the white, the, the, these are white people who got out of the car looking ready to fight, they had called the Mexican people behind them, a bunch of wetbacks, like, oh, me excuse, man. excuse my language. I'm just saying the term. I don't feel that way or anything. They, that's just the word they use. They called them that name. And then the, the Mexican people got out of their car and they were like, wait, what did you say? And it was like, what, you want to go? And then the Mexican people, whoop their ass! <laughs> I did not see that video, but <laughs> you're going to have to send me that later. Just, just straight up whoop they ass, bro. That's like they get. The, the man... I think he might have pushed his wife. And, then his, and his wife was like, don't you push me. And the man was like, wait, you touched my wife? He straight up grabbed him, threw him on the ground, was giving him the hands. And while the other lady is grabbing the wife, busting her ass. And the, and the girl who filmed it is like, oh my gosh, look at my parents whooping their ass. <laughs> 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 That's goals right there. You got to keep that one. That's but some of, that book, some of the comments on this, this is what I wanted to discuss. One of the guys was like, well, they had kids in the front car. Why not just drive around? Like, why did y'all have to get out and fight? When there's kids in front, and I was, I was like, bro, they had kids in this car. Like it wasn't just right, kids, It was kids, kids in things. both cars. Look, the rule of the road is, if you not, if you about to get out your car looking ready to fight, you better be able to fight. You yeah, be no, nah, that's yeah. definitely the rule of the road. You get out your car, you better be ready to throw them
0: balls, dog. Like, ain't nobody getting out the car to have a civil conversation, nigga. That's the thing.
1: The Mexican people were trying to call the cops, and they were like. Like, we're not trying to do any of this. And then people got out of the car, like, no, where the hands at? Like, what? You crying right. out my hands. Like, you gotta get your ass whooped.
2: Yeah, if you're about to bring out the hands in front of your kids, you better not get whooped.
0: Exactly. Like, exactly. uh, yo, dog, I'm finna whoop your
1: ass in front of your kids. You better think twice before you fucking me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> swaddling. Just wildin'. Just wildin'. And then the, 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 we have two more topics that I wanted to get to. The One is Brooklyn. We watched this documentary, I thought it was amazing. Schubert. You should definitely check it out. It, it will definitely inspire you, if anything. this It's called The Black Godfather. Oh, yeah, I've seen that on Netflix. Yeah, it's about this guy named Clarence Avant, who is basically the Black Godfather. He has ties to almost everybody. And I'm going to just give a brief story of him, and then me and Brooklyn are going to discuss it. But basically, he, he came from slavery. His, his parents were in slavery. He grew up, and he's in the Carolinas in the Civil Rights Movement. He gets out and basically he moves to New Jersey with his aunt and he ends up working odd jobs here and there. And then he meets this guy. Uh, His name was Jerry. What was it? It was a Jerry. what was his name? Uh, Was it Jerry Uh, or Gary? No, I I think it was Jerry. Yeah, it was Jerry. And basically, Jerry was uh, tied in with the mafia and stuff. And had ties to the record industry, the movie industry. Like it really didn't make sense what who like what Jerry did, but Jerry just was a manager. He managed well,
0: all types. It of was like levers. it was like what they said. It was like um
1: oh no they, uh, they came
0: up from J- the 1920s, so they had the, the speakeasy bars, right? But when the yeah. shit got, when the shit was legal, they was like, damn, we got all this money, we got these clubs, but now we legit. So now we got money to really start, you know, gathering these musical acts. So it was like, the musical acts was just like underground for so the speakeasy thing, but once it became legal to do the bars, they were like, alright, so now we got all this talent, let's start gotta gotta making our yeah. push, yeah. And then that, that went, from, it went from them just promoting them in the bars in New York, to them pushing their they acts all across the, the, uh, the country. And yeah. then that's when, that's when they started looking for managers, and that's when uh, Glazier was like, yo, I need you to go, I need you to manage this this act and he was like i don't know nothing about fucking being
1: an agent i don't know nothing about that he said what the fuck i told you yeah, yeah. Just, just do it and you getting he getting paid and the thing is glazer had all the black acts in the 60s and it was like yeah and, and like from I, I think names were like louis armstrong to to uh i'm trying to see some more like it was a bunch of it was it was a bunch of people like that was i was like whoa he managed all of this but Louis Armstrong one of the bigger names that I remember it was like a lot of jazz artists yeah it was uh,
0: definitely a lot of jazz artists that he like had.
1: Sarah Vaughan like pe- people like that and then it just Glazer him and Glazer just kept working and then boom he gets with this guy that one of the uh, acts that was in the act one of the drummers was a white drummer and he he had the face of like an actor and then boom they go to acting and this is the dude who made the Mission Impossible theme music oh yeah the Spanish piano uh, artist yep <sighs> yeah. yep And that's what got Clarence Avon into Hollywood. And then from Hollywood, he's meeting people like Lynn Wasserman to all these different big wigs, execs. And then that gets him to fundraisers, which in turn leads him to politics. And then he's meeting all these politicians. He helps Jimmy Carter get elected. He helps Bill Clinton get elected. He helps Obama get elected. He's the guy that P. Diddy called right after Biggie got shot. Like, this dude is is literally, like, I don't know if any of y'all have seen Ray Donovan, but Ray Donovan was, like, this fixer and like... This dude is not only just a fixer; he's also a manager, and like he had his own radio station at one point, record labels. Like, was best friends with Quincy Jones. Like, I'm still I know is really, best friends with Quincy Jones. Not what? Yeah, not Neither one was, of them. Ain't he, dead you No, know, you're absolutely <laughs> right. And they good, good friends. And I and I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Oh, one thing that I thought was cool was when he went when his record label and his radio t- went under. He went bankrupt, in, I think like the '80s, early '80s, late '70s. And then his all his friends just came together, all, and not just black friends, his white friends, everybody came together, paid off his debt, and then he was able to keep moving. He didn't have to go bankrupt. He ends up finding Jimmy Jam and Terry Frickin' Lewis, and makes the the Janet album, makes yep. the uh the Janet Control album, makes that uh that there was one song that they made before the Janet Control album that was like. Damn, Clarence Avon was a part of that, and that was a smash. He also finds L.A. Reid in uh, Babyface. Like, what? Yeah, L.A. Reid in Babyface, yeah. Like, this dude did so much. I know I'm forgetting shit. He found Jamie Foxx. He found the dude who who had the idea for Fresh Prince, Benny Monita, mm-hmm. and hooked him up with Quincy. Like, this, everything that... Well, not, I'm not saying everything, but a lot of things that went on with Black people in Hollywood and just people in general, he had a, a hand in... like. Hank Aaron got a sponsorship with Coca Cola because this dude winning Coca Cola was like niggas like Coke too, and told that to the Coca Cola president. Like, <laughs> like, what guy can do that? Get? Man is wild, bro. Half of his
0: conversations, they said that he had with people, he either called them a motherfucker or he was just
1: blunt about it and said, "Yo, niggas love your shit too. We need a deal." Exactly. Like, what type of shit is that, bro? I love this documentary because it uh, it showed the it's not what you know, it's who you know. Facts. Like this dude, he didn't said. know nothing about any of those industries. He couldn't read or write at one point. Like homie was like only within the ninth grade. Like yeah, that's it. And he came from he's from that era of the he's from that last era, like our, our grandparents of like
0: sharecroppers type shits. Like, yeah,
1: like who saw slavery and then saw America transition from slavery to civil rights and now where we're at. He's one of the the few, and to see how he transitioned and helped people with the civil rights but was like bro i am trying to get money like i know yeah, good white like, people not, i know i'm
0: not marching i'm but you know i'm i'm still
1: looking out for my brothers but i'm not about to waste my time marching exactly cuz he was like i know good white people and i know bad white people you got to judge people by what you can not by who they are and also nothing won't change unless you have money and i thought that was crazy like i thought yeah, that, that was, was powerful. Such that a, said that. Ins- yeah it was insightful because you see who was the man that gave him a shot? This white man named Glazer, who ma- who paid for his house, paid for all this stuff, took like didn't ask him for anything. Like when he died, was like your loan is like straight up over, and it showed him like if this white man could take care of me. Yes, there's racist white people, but there's also good people out there. We should we should push for equality for all. Like even though you're right, he, his main focus was to help black people, but it was it was he didn't he didn't judge white people just off of a base, like just a base, a baser judgment. Right. And he had a, on his record label,
0: on his first, first record label, he had a, he had a bunch of white acts on his record label. It that was his just, first, that was his most of his right. acts. It wasn't black like, acts. Bill Walters, you know, was the one that, you know, really brought in the dough. But like, oh, yeah, Bill Withers. he had, I mean, Bill Withers, but he had white people on his record label. So it wasn't like he was just Motown or somewhere. It was just exclusively black acts and nothing like that. He, he had He had diversity in everything he did. And I think that's what really set him apart from everybody else, was that he wasn't concerned about, you know, really trying to divide the races. He was like, yo, let's all come together and get this
1: fucking bread. Yeah, man. And I also thought it was dope that this is something we don't always see. Him and his wife stayed together. Yeah, no matter what. Like, Like, through all that shit. Usually it'd be some wild shit. And it's crazy, all the people he discovered, all the people that he was with, like, it's cr- like all he's the people guy guy he, he touched. Like
0: even if even if he wasn't like their completely, you know, their their only route to the business, he had a hand in almost everything that a lot of people did.
2: Big facts. You was about but, to say something. That, that no, that wife thing is is really crazy because I mean, for someone who has so well connected with him, especially in like the Hollywood spe- space, we always kind of see that like some of the mo- more elite connected Hollywood people are all kind of like, you know, yeah. very loose with their with, uh, with who, they have, who they're having sex with and, and all that. So, I, you know, it's kind of a really good story to hear that someone as well-connected as him and probably, you know, had shared a room with some of the most beautiful actresses and artists in all of Hollywood. The biggest. And was able to keep it together, yeah, no, you know? And
0: literally, that's honestly, I didn't want to say this, but this literally, I was watching the documentary waiting for that part.
4: Yeah, Because too.
0: you usually don't have somebody who's that well connected and you don't
1: get something like that so that's literally i was dead ass sitting there waiting for that shit like even quincy got three baby mamas this dude got one like one and his kids love him like like a family like and they made it work like he said once his his mom told him like once you marry like you need to stop clowning and marry this woman and once he did that no more shenanigans that's that's amazing
2: and on the flip side of that, it's also good not to hear that there was any kind of "me too" and all that, because with someone oh, who's yeah. it's so the kind of person who puts someone on, as we've seen through the Harvey Weinstein kind of stuff like that, you know, you never know who you u- overutilizes that power. So for him to not only stay true to his wife, but also not overutilize his power, that's a pretty inspiring person for people trying to make their way up now. Oh, and not
1: not just that should be like women. Gave him the highest of praise. Like, it was multiple women who were like, he's just a good human. Like, yeah, he'll call you a motherfucker or be like, fuck you, and just like curse a lot. But at the end of the day, he has a good heart and he's just looking out to help people. Like, I thought it was interesting that his thing was he would argue for these acts and be like, no, how much you're making? That's too little. Like, you're supposed to, this is what your counterparts make. This is how much you make. He fought for. Females to make the right amount of money. Black people to make the right amount of money. Even white people to make the right amount of money. If you were working with him and he liked you and you you were getting less than what you're supposed to, he showed people that you got to understand your true value and to fight for what you want. Like for like Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron wasn't getting any sponsorships. And this dude went straight up into Coke and was like, niggas like Coke too. You have the best baseball player. He's about to pass up Babe Ruth. And he's telling me you can't sell that. Like people, not, people don't like that. Like he Hank Aaron said without him, he would have never been as popular as he was. Yeah, he was like that. I
0: wouldn't, he wouldn't have been able to put... Uh, um, he wouldn't have able to, to, uh, to start his foundation because he was able to start his foundation through all the sponsorship that he got later on in his career through Clarence Avon.
2: And I, I was just you. like,
0: that's fucking insane to me because obviously we would have known about him, but I know I don't know if Shuby knows... There's, there's a lot of black baseball players in that era that we had just don't great know. stats, had great stats. But there's no real like, you know, representation of them because nobody gave a fuck.
1: Yeah, and it was between the Negro League, there was them getting out of the Negro League and going to the MLB. Like it was a lot of and it, it was a lot of that. And uh, another thing that I thought was crazy too, like Dick Clark, the guy that the new the, the, the New Year's thing is still named after Dick Clark, who had all the TV specials. Grease is based off of Dick Clark. Or not, not Grease, uh it's Hairspray. The show yeah. that they did in Hairspray is based off of Dick Clark. Dick Clark had this kids morning show where people, not morning show, this kids afternoon show where people would come and perform and dance in the the, uh, equivalent in the black community with Soul Train. And and Don Cornelius and Dick Clark had competitions where Soul Train was getting more views and Dick Clark made this knockoff Soul Train and uh, Don Cornelius thought he was getting threatened, his life was getting threatened. He thought his show was going to get canceled. ABC went with that show over his and Clarence Avant walked into the ABC offices and basically was like, nah, we, we, I'm rocking with Soul Train because he had a vote in the ABC offices if they were gonna pick Soul Train or uh, the other one. And he went with Soul Train and he and kept his job. He told him that he said, yo, if y'all, he said,
0: if y'all go with this other shit, I'm out.
1: Baby. Yeah, he like, said he was like, leaving. Like,
0: literally, nigga said, Y'all go with that, I'm out. Like he didn't say uh, you know, he didn't really like put Don's name in it. He literally said Y'all go with that. I'm out of here. I'm, yeah, and that's crazy. and they said they pulled
1: the show. Like, just like gave, that. I'm like, what? He saved Don Cornelius' job. And that's cr- because he's in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, being the one of the only black men that's going into these powerful offices, and these people are listening to him. They have Sir Lucius Grange. They have all these Sony Warner Brothers executives in a room talking about how good this man is and how he's the best deal maker in Hollywood. Clarence Avon. That's insane and we've never heard of his name before this.
0: Yeah, no, that 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 was the crazy shit to me. Like the fact that I had never, ever heard his name before that was like, yo, this man's
1: been literally in a hole somewhere, just hiding. I love like I thought that was an amazing documentary. Between the Quincy Jones documentary that we just got and this one, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, no that shit was dope.
0: I, I really like these uh, the 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 spotlights that shining on a lot of these people that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. Like the Quincy shit, I knew that was going to come eventually because he's Quincy Jones. Yeah, he's he was fucking Jones. Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Like he's one of the the most innovative producers this world has ever fucking seen. I knew yeah. that shit was coming.
1: But this But like shit? this one, this shit kind of blew me away. No, it, it definitely blew me away. Like Schubert, you would definitely like this documentary. It's so It's so insightful, inspiring. And just to see this dude's story and all the people he worked with, you you wouldn't believe it. Like, I didn't believe it watching it until like it was like, oh, shit. Like, Obama's there talking for him. Yeah, he was in, like, the beginning.
0: Like, Like, Obama was in the beginning. I'm like, yo, what they foreshadowing to right now? Like, I was a little
1: confused by that. He helped Barack get elected. That's He was the reason why Barack was able to To finance, fund all that money. Like, he was the reason why Clinton was able to get a million dollars from Hollywood. It was because of Clarence Avon, which is insane. Like, he's the reason why Michael Jackson was on the E.T. soundtrack. Like, that's insane. Oh, yeah, they was going to
0: shelve that shit.
1: That is insane to me. Like, working with Steven Spielberg, Michael, like, all these people. Like, all these great people that we cherish, idolize, and want to be like. The man behind the curtain is Clarence Avon. And it just shows that you don't have to be in front of the camera. You don't have to be in, uh, in, in, be the person singing to make this type of money and to be where you want to be. You can be behind the scenes and do just as much, if not more.
0: Yeah, no, that shit, is, that shit was real powerful. I, I fucked with this documentary. It's going to be something that I'll, I'll probably watch again. And Same. Some people that need that
1: inspiration in their life. No, no, 100%. Because this dude, like, and I think another thing we can take from it is just be kind to people. Like, you right. don't know who you're going to meet. Like, it, it just so happened that he knew all these different people in his life growing up, and it just worked out for him.
2: Like, um, he, unless, he, you know, be kind to people unless they won't go at the stoplight.
4: Oh,
1: well, right. Yeah, be, yeah, Well, yeah. Like, his thing was be kind to people <laughs> unless they treat you bad. Now, if they treat you bad, then fuck them. But, like, you just be nice to people, you know? And, but Sue so was trying to come throw, throw shots at old D with. De- with is nice to people. That bitch just had me
3: hot.
2: you don't have to convince me anymore, guys. Like I saw that up on Netflix the other day, and I I watched the trailer, and it seemed super interesting just to see the faces that are attached to the documentary, and uh, you know you can find it, you can kind of get that idea that this is someone who touched a lot of people. Yeah, uh, and I think that that's just you know super inspiring for people to hear that. You don't have to have the education. You don't have to come from the, f- the right financial means. That if you work, if you as a person can just work on your per- people built, you know people, people, skills. Skills, yeah, you know, the relationships you build are the most important thing in life. So if so, this is a, the perfect example of that. Be be certain that every person you meet is someone that you build a connection to yeah make them make them love you you <laughs> that's also, kind of the whole thing
1: also i think it's big that once you make it you got to pick people up after you i think sure. that was yeah. like something that was huge for me because it's something now that in in all communities black white is we don't see a lot of mentorships like that's what made him successful was he had all these mentors and they taught him things like when you yeah. make it Try to pick other people up, and I think that's a problem in today's generation. Like, everybody's selfish. This dude was the farthest thing from selfish.
0: And then, yeah. especially when they said he uh, he went in there and he he worked those deals out for people, and he asked them
1: for a dime.
0: Yeah, He worked out did the and they walked
1: out. He asked everybody that he would help. Like, the dude who made the Fresh Prince thing, he got him with Quincy. All these people that he would help, he didn't ask them for a dime. Not a dime, the only thing he got money from was it was deals that he was a part of, like things that he produced and things that like were his record label. Right. But like just, but just like connecting people, like for the Hank Aaron shit, he didn't ask Hank Aaron for a dime. That's insane. Like, and you know he other people he would other people to ask for a dime. They'd ask at for more than a dime. At a least, dime. you they know, I'm saying dime. like, yeah, uh, no big facts. And I just wanted to recommend that documentary, people, because. It is super, super dope. We're about to wrap up the first part. Brooklyn, what you thought about KD, bro? Because we we, we, got, we about to talk about that with Bro ball. What did you, you think about the whole KD situation?
0: Shit, bro, listen. Honestly, I knew he rushed himself back. Because I'm thinking to myself, if he has been out for a month, he's not ready to come back. I didn't think he was coming back at all to keep it a buck with you. So when they said he was coming back, all I could think of was, yo, he's rushing it. And then he got hurt, and I'm like, this motherfucker. When it comes to me, you could be a snake and shit like that. But I'm still all about my black man getting paid.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to see him. You fucking up your career like that? Like, bro, that wasn't worth it. But but I'm going to get into this later. I'm going to get into this later. But I'm blaming blaming somebody on that staff. Oh, yeah. Whoever cleared him, I'm blaming that person.
2: Like they should have, they should have definitely did better. And the thing is, I don't know. We, you got to, you got to get that whole story first because you know, you know, you know, athletes and people who, want yeah, to but be, no, I, I know want to bring as bad as Kevin Durant. No, you know? I, I agree he, with you, Shubert. The, the training staff could have, could have been like, okay, well, you, you can play, but it may not be good for you. And he was like, well, and I'm gonna play. Well, so, you don't, no, 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 don't, don't even details. say that. Don't even
0: but say that. See, you feel me?
1: Like, don't tell him what he want to hear. That my thing is with that. Yeah, I agree. Kevin Durant probably was like, I want to play, but. There's people, Bob Myers, uh, Steve Kerr, that I just expect to have a little more thing where they just say no. Like, like for example, like be mad at me all you want, bro, but I'm not letting you get on that court. Like, I know coaches where they had dudes in the state tournament, the state championship, and like playing for big time wins. Like, uh, granted, you can't compare the NBA championship to a state championship or college championship, but their coaches put their foot down and was like, no, you have a future. Kevin Durant still has a future, and it's like. Bro, you could tell even when he went out there. Like, why are they playing him fourteen minutes straight? Boogie Cousins didn't had a minutes restriction. Exactly. So you telling me Kevin Durant saying. doesn't have a minutes restriction? Come on, fam.
0: Like, you yeah, gotta I'm think right. about it. He's still seven foot at the end of the day. When them niggas start getting hurt, they be hurt, and they and don't then, really recover the same way that the the, the shorter players do because their bodies is you know there's a lot more strenuous going on in their body, especially a player like him who's doing a lot more on the court than just, you know, banging bodies on the, on the, in, the, in the paint type shit. Like, this man can do a lot. And if he comes back and he's not the same player, like, bro, look what you've cost yourself.
1: Yeah. Brooklyn, yeah, I he, mean, dude, shoot, just wait. Because me and you and Justin going to talk about this in a little bit. I, I just wanted to just get Brooklyn's quick thoughts because we're going to break it all down because we got a lot to cover for Bros Who Ball. Uh, Brooklyn, who you got winning the NBA Finals?
0: I still think the Warriors going to find some fucking way to pull this Ooh, shit
1: off. I hate Cuz I'm not going
0: against the grand cuz if I do, these niggas still going to win. So I'm just mm. going gonna, gonna to just gonna, like let let go and let the NBA do his rigging shit. <laughs> oh, you think it's rigged. Oh, no. You can't have the Canadians win. That'd exactly be terrible. And, exactly. The Canadians will go to the White House?
1: No, no they, they won't. don't. No. they going go to go to exactly. They're going to go see Justin Trudeau. Exactly. Yeah, no. NBA don't want that. <laughs> Do well, you think the Warriors like would go? Trump. Yeah, the Warriors don't go to Trump. The Warriors haven't no. been to Trump the two like, like they didn't go to Trump the two so times. So you
2: saying that the NBA wants that to happen so that they just you know Nix the White House again? Yeah. Okay, I can see that. <laughs> or it's just be like, yeah, we need to get the Warriors in there so we can give another middle finger to the White House. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't want them to give
0: to, to you know to say everybody, hey look, let's go to Canada. We don't want that. we rather them say fuck the USA and fuck the White House than them say, oh, we out to Canada, dog. Hey, that's a bad look, nigga. Most of our sponsors is based in America, nigga. You niggas Say so what you want, me. my politics. Y'all niggas can't go to Canada.
1: My does, sponsors this, is based this, in the U.S. This
2: NBA Finals does not fit the narrative we are trying to push.
1: <laughs> y'all saw how sad Drake looked When he was walking out that tunnel Ball, and said, <laughs> He looked like he played 15 minutes And missed all five
0: of his shots He was out there sad Like I'm sorry y'all I ain't happy They gapping up fans and shit Like if,
1: if if people, people said, get out of here Look be the crazy People said he wasn't even sad That it was about the Toronto losing He said no, people, it was he was KD. sad about KD Yeah KD getting injured But I can believe it Because that's the nigga That got Steph Curry number And KD number tatted on his arm
0: Yeah he a weirdo for that though
1: yeah, now, I I'm not want to know. That's
0: your dog. No, no, wait, wait, wait. wait for
1: that. <laughs> let, me, let me keep it up, let me keep it up all the way 100. I love Drake's music, but his tattoos and all that sh- that shit is questionable. Like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not tattooing a basketball player number on my body. I am sorry. Yeah, no, like, bro. that's The only really... number I'm tattooing on my body is my basketball number, and I don't even play basketball no more, so that shit not getting tattooed on there. Like, right? like tat- I don't understand why he did that. Like, for some tattooing- other people Tattooing Lil Wayne's face on you, like I get Lil Wayne's, you, 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 the guy who put you on. But I'm not tattooing none of you niggas' face on my body. I'm sorry, Schubert and Bro. I'm not like, putting yeah. nobody's face on my body. Like that's <laughs> yeah. weird, dog. I don't
0: know. <laughs> like the the narrative of putting a face on your body is weird to me in general. Yeah. And I, I'm not about to put a next man's face. Come on, he ain't learned nothing. You- dash. Like people who, need cl- people
1: who be people who be close to. <laughs> Look at you throwing out that word. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you see who I quoted though first though, right? Dame Dash did that. Yeah, yeah, what He's
1: that's like, you a can't let a, you can't
0: let another man. He's like, you can you gonna let another man have his face? You gonna show your your kids it's okay to bow down to another man? That's yeah. what Dame Dash was say
1: that shit is crazy bro like i'm not yeah i don't rock with drink on that shit but but that's pretty much all we got next week we're gonna have a bunch of top fives a bunch of lists we got a lot of good conversations i the last one we were gonna do today was uh, best songs you think you can party to but we're gonna bring that to next week we're gonna have a for the hundredth we have uh there's i'm waiting on confirmation but if, uh, if i get confirmation in time for the hundredth We're going to have a super special interview. Along with the episode, we're going to be doing a bunch of top fives. We're going to discuss the best catalogs of certain people. Like, we got a lot, like, the best movies of certain actors. We got a lot of stuff planned for this 100th. It's going to be super dope for you guys. But other than that, that's all we have for the first part. After this word from our sponsor, we will be back with Bros Who Goals. That sound means that means it's time for another edition of Bros Who Ball. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Mister Adam Schubert. Shuby, how you doing, brother?
2: I'm doing pretty well, man. I'm in the middle of watching the third period of the Stanley Cup Finals, and it looks like it's going to be St. Louis Blues, but I might be—I might just be jinxing it.
1: So, oh, so the Blues are in the lead right now? Um, uh, yeah,
2: two nothing with nine minutes to go in the third. Which, of course, when everyone, everyone hears this. They'll know who the who the champion is. But who's
1: yeah, the spoilers? Uh, who, who's the leader in the like with the series? Uh, I'm guessing the Blues are up three it's three. It's game 0-0. seven, man. Oh, it's Game 7.
2: Real,
1: yeah. real. That's what's up. Shout out to the Blues if they win. Hopefully, Schubert didn't jinx them. Uh, also <laughs> joining us is our resident basketball analyst, as always, the basketball savant, Mr. Justin Batiste. Justin, how you doing, brother?
3: I'm doing great, man. We have a Game 6, so more, more
1: basketball to be watched. Big facts. Oh, big, big facts. So glad to hear that. Also joining us is the host of Primetime Prime Time with Charles Reese. Uh, he's our guest this week, Mister Charles Reese. Charles, how you doing, brother?
4: Uh, I'm doing good. Looking forward to the Anthony Davis talk going away, and I'm not looking forward to the dog days of summer for sports because they are pretty much upon us. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, we got like the draft left, and we got to figure out how, what this Pel's team is doing. But other than that. Sports is going to be dead for a little while, but let's enjoy it while we can. Bef- we got I know we got a lot to discuss this week. Like I was talking to the guys off air, we got to discuss the Rich Paul comments, we got to discuss all this stuff with A.M. Davis, but before we get to that, we got to discuss the playoffs, and I want to do this in a specific way. We're going to start off because last week we ended with Game 3, and we didn't get to talk about Game 4, so we're going to discuss Game 4 and then the, the tragic Game 5. And then after that, we'll get into our predictions for the rest of the series. Let's start off with not a lot. We'll just do it quickly, really quickly. Let's start off with game four. The Raptors win 105-92. to
2: Schubert, what did you think of that game four that Toronto won? I feel like wasn't this the game that had the Beyonce side-eye and the Kyrie push?
1: Yeah, that's the one where where Kyle Lowry got pushed. That is that Yeah,
2: one. I, f- I feel like what happened off the court, pretty much on court side, had, was more of the news than what actually happened on the court. It was almost like Toronto just kind of controlled and maintained the whole game. You didn't see what you could see from – well, you didn't see what you should see from Steph Curry, especially from what – compared to uh, a, lot, a lot of his other games, kind of a slower start. And then, um, I mean, they lost. And like I said, it, it seemed like at the end, the next day that everyone was talking more about the Kyrie push than they were about the game.
1: Yeah, Kyle Lowry getting pushed. Yeah, this game. Was, the, yeah, it, Kyle Lowry. This game, Clay Thompson came out. This was right after his injury. He had twenty eight points. He showed up, but this was after Demarcus Cousins had that big game. He didn't have a big game in the back to back. He looked dang near unplayable. It was that was where I made the joke of. Is he a match player or isn't he? Like, th- that was just – w- it wasn't a good look for DeMarcus in that game. You could clearly see he's injured. Looney had 10 points, but that-, that was enough. And Draymond Green had 10 points. That was enough. No one else scored over double digits. Justin, what did you take away from the Toronto Raptors' Golden State game four?
3: That game four, that was a very good game. Uh, the first half, it was, it was very even. Uh, the Warriors, um, they, they turned over the ball. They – they made shots though, but they would turn over the ball. And the Raptors, they started off the first half. They didn't make shots, but they were getting to the basket. They played pretty solid defense. And I think that's what kept the game even. But in the second half, the Raptors started heating up. They started making threes. And the Warriors, they were making shots, but they kind of cooled down a little bit. And the Raptors just showed fight and they made shots. They made more shots. Kawhi Leonard took over the game. He did his thing, and the Raptors took game four. That was a good game.
1: Yeah, the, the Raptors had 37 points in that third quarter. Kawhi had 36 for the game. Pascal Siakam had 19. It, it really was that the Warriors couldn't keep up in that third quarter. L- losing the third quarter 37-21, to 21, they just couldn't score enough points to keep up, and then the Raptors winning the fourth, 26 to 26-25, they just didn't have enough. I mean, when Serge is getting 20 points, Kawhi's getting 36, Pascal's getting 19, and Kyle Lowry's getting 10, while on the other side you only have – two to three people in double digits and no one else, everybody else is in single digits, you can't win that game. Charles, what what were your takeaways from game four?
4: I I thought the Warriors had terrible shooting. I think that the problem the Warriors have faced in the series and the reason they're down 3-2 is their defense has been atrocious. Uh, Yes, they've had some success against Kawhi in certain situations, but overall help defense has been bad. The way they're handling screens are going under them. You saw it, you know, in some in Game 5, but you saw it in Game 4 as well, that they were going underneath screens and it was killing them. But, I mean, the storyline's got to be that Kawhi goes for 36-12-2 uh, and two in 41 minutes of play. He doesn't have a single turnover. Uh, you know, he played really well. You see it going forward that if Kawhi's going to be handling the ball so much, he needs to take care of the ball better. Uh, so, I mean, as, you know, we started to look towards that Game 5, uh, defense is going to be important because the Raptors play really good defense. Can the Warriors play defense well uh, like the Raptors have been doing? And then the Van Vliet, you know, bleeding of the mouth uh, saw a lot of gifts from that. So you had the push and you had the bleeding his of the tooth. mouth with his <laughs> tooth was all messed up. So, uh, I, I mean, crazy, you know, they had the, the quote going into game five of Nick Nurse saying, all right, guys, we got to win one of the next two on the road. And Kawhi said, fuck that. Let's win them both. And Kawhi went it. out there and won them both.
1: Yeah, and I think your defense point is great because when Golden State was winning championships, I believe their defensive rating for the playoffs was like either first or second, somewhere higher than fifth. And then when they lost against the Cavs in that year in the 73-9 and nine season, they were ranked 7th or 8th in defense. And right now, I believe they're 10th or 11th. They're really low in defensive rating. So we see the defense isn't that of old in the pre- in the other days of the Warriors dynasty. That's pretty much all I really want to cover in Game 4, just a kind of brief recap. But let's jump to Game 5 with where the Warriors win, but they win at a cost. We see Kevin Durant gets injured. He tear, he ruptures his Achilles, and he scores 11 points. And when he was on the floor, he was getting the shots he wanted. They ended up winning. Klay Thompson had 26. Steph Curry had 31. But I think the big contributor of that game was Boogie Cousins with 14. I'm must- going to start with Schubert this time I mean no, I'm gonna start with Justin this time because I started with Schubert last time I'm gonna go Justin Charles then Schubert Justin what did you think of game five that was a good game it's just that uh,
3: the shooting of the Warriors the great the great shooting of the Warriors showed up you know they're a team that that moved they they moved the ball very well and they shoot the ball very well and I think that was that was the story of this game Steph Curry Klay Thompson the two best players they caught they caught fire uh, like you guys said, Curry had 31, and Klay Thompson had 27. He hit three big threes down the stretch to win the game, basically. And the uh, the Raptors, who have been playing good good defense all series, uh, they couldn't stop the hot shooting of the Warriors, of the Splash Brothers, and I think that's what won the game, was the point shooting.
1: Yeah, I agree. Also, Kawhi had more turnover. I think that harkens back to Charles's point. If he's going to handle the ball a lot like he did in Game 4, he can't have as many turnovers like he did in Game 5. Something that I think is a big takeaway from Game 5 is just, we said. I said it last time, they didn't have a lot of people in double digits. Kevin Durant added them 11 that won't be their next game, as well as I don't think Boogie Cousins is getting another 14. Draymond Green, can we please get more than 10 points? You have to get... 20 points for you guys to even make this to get to the game seven. I don't even know what you're doing. I want to start with Charles next. Charles, what did you, what were your takeaways from game five before we look at talk about some of the specifics
4: in the game? I think the biggest takeaway is KD should have never been out there. Yeah, um, let's talk about it, it now. Then you know I, I, we can talk about it after we recap the game. But you know that that's my first biggest takeaway. And then my second one is you know the air of this around the Warriors team goes out of the. The building, and I tell you what, their knight in shining armor was Demarcus Cousins. Uh, Steph, Steph goes off the court, and Demarcus puts up—I think he put up seven—and like less than a minute of play, right after KD goes down, and, and instead of losing their lead, the Warriors built a lead back up and increased their lead in that time period. But I mean, looking at what the the Raptors did in that game, and, and you talked a little about you know the Warriors not having total contribution. I mean, Andre Iguodala's been kind of just gone in this series. Uh, maybe, you know, he shouldn't be getting as much playing time as he is getting. Guy only put up five points in 30 minutes of play. And you got, they have to look for other contributions from around the team. I mean, you talked about Boogie putting up 14. Hard to see him doing that again. And Quinn Cook only got three. Uh, Livingston had zero points. So, you know, the Warriors, in a way, to me, they're lucky to win that game. You know, I, I think the Raptors should have won that game. At the end of the day, uh, Kawhi probably should have. Kawhi probably should have never given the ball up at the end. You know, yeah. and to be honest, we talk about defense. The last four possessions for the uh, the Warriors, where they went and uh, went on a 10-0 run, I think. Uh, the Raptors' defense was atrocious. Uh, they weren't following Steph and Clay. They were going underneath screens, and they were leaving guys wide open for three attempts. And at the end of the day, that's why the Raptors ended up losing. You look at that, turnovers and defense. I mean, look, they put up the points they needed to. Yeah, Kawhi didn't take over. But Raptors should have won this game if they would have played consistent defense throughout the game. I have, no, a, question.
3: I, I have, a, I have a question right quick. So what, wait, so, uh, what do you all think about the, about the timeout? Uh, about Nick Nurse calling call the timeout. Wait, at,
1: Justin, real quick, we're going to answer that question. Let me get to Schubert's recap real quick, and then we're going to open it up to talk more about Game 5. Gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll address
2: Justin's question in that. You know, Go cause ahead, I think Because, you know, you guys kind of touched on all those statistical things. There really isn't anything that I can nitpick any farther with that. But, you know, looking at the end of the game, it really is kind of uh, Raptors lost instead of Warriors won. I mean, the Raptors end up coming back. And getting that lead, you get up by, what, was it six? And that's when they called the timeout. You know, a lot of people are going to push back on that decision. But if you were to look at the Raptors players at the moment, they were pretty winded, especially Kawhi. A lot of them needed that rest. Um, You know, stadium momentum is nice, but it's not everything. Um, And they had every opportunity at the end of the game to win it. They just could not find the right shot. And that Kyle Lowry shot in the corner was terrible. Yeah, he, he straight hit the. It the was bat. blocked. It was the, blocked. You think so it, was block. it wasn't? It wasn't a good it was percentage shot.
4: It doesn't matter. It was blocked. It was a wide open shot. Draymond had a nice close and got. It two wasn't
2: f- a wide open shot if he got blocked.
4: I, I it was he was open when he took the shot. Draymond just closed really well and got a couple of fingers on it. So it was right, two, yeah. but, okay, then well, well, yeah, okay, whatever
1: well i want want to get into this the raptors i think i just think in that last possession Kawhi leonard is double teamed i I, to me personally i think he made the right decision because i don't know if i don't know if he would have should have taken that shot and we always get on we always make lebron with the best play people always defend it i'm one of those people that against it but in this situation i actually defend Kawhi because that was a very hard double team i just think lowry maybe could have
2: dribble in something, some, but I don't know
1: how much, I, I don't, I'm trying to remember how much time was left. It, but
2: it, I it, it was, it's not anything to do with that. I mean, maybe you should have had something better drawn up and had a better idea of what Kawhi did. Maybe it was drawn up the right way and Draymond just got a great block, but I mean, they had their shot. I you know, don't had...
4: you, you talk about timeouts. That's where a timeout should have been taken. Part, the, yeah. There was no timeout taken to that final possession. You know, if I'm Nick Nurse, I, I take one thing back. That's what I take back. It's that, you know, you, you just had Kawhi iso, and of course a double team is going to come. And if you had a play drawn up, you probably could have either gotten the ball in Kawhi's hands where he wanted it, and or you could have been ready for the double team. And, and them not calling a timeout there is just a fatal mistake on coaching. Yeah, do you that think they true. had a timeout left? I don't remember. I think they did, because I remember, I think that, they did. I, that, I remember that being a discussion on, in the media the next day. Yeah.
1: that That is definitely a fatal flaw of him. It's just... In that last seconds, man, you, I agree with you, Charles. You got it. You in most basketball games, I remember you get you draw up that last play for your for your star. There's no reason why Kyle Lowry should be taking that shot. There's other people. I think I, I'd much rather Danny Green taking that shot before Kyle Lowry. I, like you just you have to drop something in that moment. I want right. to now open it up to discuss. The Kevin Durant injury, what do we think about it before we get more into the game? I want to get this over with. How do we feel? I'll start off, I I, I I. kind of echo some of what Charles said. He shouldn't have been out there in the first place. I understand athletes wanting and their desire to be out there if they're winning and, and, they, and they want to just get out there. But I feel like there's someone in either in that medical staff, the GM, or me, more so for me, Steve Kerr, the coach, that should have just been... Nah, bro, we ain't playing you like it's more than that. You're injured. Like we, we gotta think about your future more more so than just winning this one game. And another thing that hurt me was the fact is it's the first 14 minutes of the game, and Kevin Durant hasn't come out. Boogie Cousins, Joel Embiid, other people who've been injured and on minutes restrictions with lesser injuries than what he has, have, have come out in didn't doesn't don't play 14 minute straight They come out, they get a breather. And I thought that was already fishy when we see. Kevin Durant just not going out and getting a breather and just still playing. Yes, he shot his shots well and he made shots, but you could see when he was going to do some of his moves with that required him to jump. For example, when he was in the lane, I, I go back to when he did a crossover in the lane and did a push off off of his back foot trying to shoot a floater, straight air ball. He couldn't get any elevation on his on his on his jumper. That's why it was like that. He didn't. I want to go to you, Charles, first since we went with everybody else. How do you feel about the how do you feel about the Kevin Durant injury? Just give me your takes on. Just, what, do you feel it was more mismanagement on his part, mismanagement on the team? How, how, where do you place the blame in this in this situation?
4: 100 uh, percent on the team. Um, I, I think there was an issue with the injury diagnosis. Um, sitting and watching when his injury first occurred, sitting next to an orthopedic surgeon, he thought it was a torn Achilles from you know from the beginning uh, when he injured it against Houston. And when they came out with a calf strain, it's like, yeah, it, I forgot the exact term, but it involves the Achilles. And, and an injury like that, that's something that, you know, yes, he was rehabbing twice a day. And, you know, Steve cursed it after the game that medical staff told him he couldn't injure it worse. But, I, I mean, for a guy, and, and this this is selfish on his point, look at it this way, but a guy going to free agency shouldn't have been out there. And, and you see what the Warriors did. There were these articles about how – Boogie's playing with a torn quad. Kevin Looney's coming back. And it's like, where's Kevin Durant? You know, they're down 3-1. They need KD because they can't, you know, they're not the same team without him. And so I feel at the end of the day, and you know, he was pressured. And um, it's just crazy that Kevin Durant's not going to be there next year for the whole season. Uh, you know, yes, yeah, some people make crazy recoveries, but it's it's a 365-day recovery plus. You know, and then some, and you're not just going to come in in the finals to play your final, you know, series. So, it, it it impacts the entire NBA. It impacts free agency. It impacts the West on who's going to come out because even if Kevin Durant stays with Golden State, signs his player option, I, I don't think the Warriors are going to win the West next year without Kevin.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think there's a king of the hill. other the king of the hill, the kingmakers of the West. It, there's a vacancy right now, and when we get to talking about the Pelicans and talking about free agency, I, there's a specific point that I want to address about that because with Kevin Durant not being as the hottest commodity in free agency anymore, there's someone who moves up and takes that spot. But I definitely agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm placing blame on the team. And me as a former player, it hurts that the coach didn't do something because I feel like a, a bond between a player and his coach, the coach should always look out for his player's best interest. I understand it's professional. I understand they're playing for a ship, but... To me, that's how I always felt the coaching the player coaching dynamic works. and Bob Myers crocodile tears on television don't mean shit because you let him go out there. Like well, you well, well, no
4: take I, I take that away. I think it's more on the medical staff than anything. And, and you've seen medical staff, look with Kawhi. look with Kyrie. I mean, you've seen the medical staff have issues. I, I thought those tears were genuine. the the notion about Myers throughout the NBA is that guy is a really good front office guy he cares about the culture cares about his players and you know Steve Kirst feels the same way I mean if the doctors it, tell, tell you that he can play and he's cleared he's not going to injure it further by playing you have to trust your medical staff I and, guess and but at the same time if people and, and, and are and pressuring, look, it's, his, it's his agent too yeah his agent, was, his agent was there supporting it as well I mean look it, it's Kevin it's the, it's the medical staff yes and to a degree I think the Warriors as I put the pressure on him I think that's where I put the blame on them, on the team, you know, the front office and stuff. But I put it more on the medical staff than anybody else.
1: Justin, I want to come to you. Being that you're a former player in, in college basketball, understand how some of this stuff works. How do you feel about the Kevin Durant injury? Do you, do you feel like – because I, it just – do you feel like Steve Kirsch should have been looking out for his player? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Just give me what do you take away from this injury? And if you think there's any blame, where do you think it belongs?
3: Well, first off, um, I don't know, you know, I didn't see how he was practicing, so I'm not sure, you know, how he was moving. But the doctors cleared him, so they said he could play. So, of course, of course the coaching staff is like, okay, so if the doctors cleared him, KD says he's ready to play, he's good to go. But also, as a player, you know, players want to play. So, of course, if, if the doctor says he's good to go, he said, he's, he's also saying he's good to also go. But also, I'm listening to all these um, these talk shows, and, you know, Jalen Rose has been very vocal about this. And he was talking about how, you know, he's seen him warm up, and he didn't look good at all. He looked horrible. He looked horrible. So I think, uh, you know, when the when the Warriors cleared uh, KD to play, you know, they always knew that it wouldn't be their fault because they could always say that the doctors cleared him. So, yeah, you know what cool. I mean. So I think I think they probably knew that he was hurt, but even though the doctor said that they were good to that he was good to go, you know, they can always say, well, the doctor said he he was good, so he's good to go. That's a but that's a great point. That he and, and, I mean, good.
2: and I mean, ahead, and, ahead, no, and I mean, go ahead, go ahead and yell at me. But at the end of the day, the difference between Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard is the medical staff was telling Kawhi Leonard he could play, and he still didn't play right I mean, yeah i mean if you know you know your body better than anyone and if kevin durant is going to you know i i feel like almost calling the medical staff like saying that is almost a cop out because at the end of the day you know what what you're going to be able to do and i mean you know sh- he took the risk and it didn't pay off and, it, and he's hurt and now he's not going to be able to to go into free agency and get all the money that he could have got but i mean now he has a year to to ponder that and now he doesn't have to leave the Warriors and maybe gives the Warriors a better chance to get Kevin Durant back so maybe it worked out for them see uh, well
1: we'll see about that come free agency the following yeah, that's a long here. way way it's, it's it's interesting man because I'm I'm with Charles where it's like yeah. I gotta blame that medical staff but I you make a great point like you should know your body like man yeah right like, that was a good
4: you should point. know your but body, he, he, body. He, he should he, the he same should. Thing. He know, shouldn't have been doing his stupid dance in the hallway if it was messed up.
1: <laughs> yeah, like there's there's so, yeah, there's so many things it, he shouldn't have done. Like, yeah, and, and, you kind of yeah. put it
3: on KD too, because it's like you know, KD. I mean, Kawhi, he went through the same thing. You no, know, you know how bad it how bad it was. You know what I mean? So you, yeah, put no, made a good point too.
4: No, uh, I, I, like, I just don't put it on the coaches and or the the front office because no. you have to trust your medical staff. Yeah. And at the end yeah. of the day, a medical staff, you know, they can go and look at an MRI and stuff and tell you concrete things, but they can't, you know, fully guarantee or predict that his Achilles was going to hold up or not.
1: And, my, and the crazier thing is the fact that they said it's it, it can't get any worse. Like, wait, we <laughs> see it got worse tonight. Like, and, Oh, man, I just I felt so bad for him. And Me she's too, right. Man. Like, like. I think Shuby made a great point. I like Charles's point about how the agent, like, his agent he, should have said, you know, like, come on, dog, like, that's your job.
4: Like, you, you're trying
1: to get this man as much money as
4: you can. Like, what are you doing? You talk about you feeling bad, though, and I think Justin brought up Jalen Rose. Uh, let's bring up Jalen Rose and what he said about people saying they feel bad for Kevin Durant because before the injury, no one gave a damn about how Kevin Durant felt because we all thought he was a giant snake. Oh, so,
1: wait, no, I, wait, time out, Lyndon did not, I, I can feel bad for KD, because, like, I, I wasn't the people who was one of those people that's like, oh, he joined the Warriors, I was actually one of those people that defends him, so I can I can feel bad for KD, but I get what you're saying, all these, all these fakers that are out here saying that they feel bad for him, but the ones that are tweeting snake emojis out here.
4: Yeah, no, I can't say I feel bad for him, because I think he's a snake. You know yeah, same.
1: No, see, but Justin, me, and you can. <laughs> we have to. I feel bad for that man. That shit suck, man. I, I mean, not, man. That's
4: Justin, sucks. Justin, Justin, uh, Justin only. Uh, Justin only feels bad because his boy Steph Curry's not gonna win a ring now. Oh, yeah. Boy. Well, well, great uh,
1: well, transition. Wait, tra- wait. On. Pause. Great transition. That's pretty much all we're that was sir, really okay. needed to needed to really talk about Game Five because it, it's it's pretty much the Kevin Durant injury and then Boogie stepping up that got the Warriors that win. And let's get to game six, which happens tomorrow. I'm going to start off with Justin. Tonight. No, I'm going to start with Shuby. Oh, yeah, tonight when, yeah, you, guys tonight. Tonight when you guys hear this. Uh, Shuby, what is your predictions for game six? Do you feel that Toronto closes it at home? Do you feel that the Warriors come out? And, and okay, and if you're going to pick the Warriors, what do you think the Warriors need to do to win that game?
2: Uh, well, you know, I have a really strong feeling that Toronto is just going to end up pulling this out. Um it, at, on Game Six, but if it does go to Game Seven, I give it to the Warriors. I don't think Toronto's winning at home. I, I think that they're, it, I don't know what's what's their deal because it's not like they don't have the fan support behind. Them. But it's, it's the same thing with the Warriors too. I mean, you're going into Oracle. It's the last time you're going to play at Oracle Arena in the finals, and you're not going to get a single win. Like that's, that's 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 tough. But I mean, you know, taking home field advantage, home court advantage out of it. Uh, uh, you know, I feel like the Raptors are just kind of. Waiting for the moment to strike, uh, they're just waiting for that opportunity to to get some giant run that gets them the lead, and they just never let go of it. But you know the Warriors are the Warriors, so it's really hard to bet against them. Steph Steph could come off and come up and do a forty another forty seven point game. Uh, Clay Thompson is always yeah. a threat. Uh, I think their depth is what really hurts them because we did mention. That Quinn Cook didn't get as many points. Uh, cousins can't always do what Cousins did in that game. And Kayvon Looney, he's hurt. Yeah, I mean a lot of people don't talk about that because it's not an injury that's going to keep him out of the game. But he's hurting, and so he's not going to be able to to get to pan, you know bang around the boards and get those rebounds because I mean he's got all that pain in his chest that he's not going to want to to make contact. No, I agree with you, Justin.
1: Give me your breakdown for the game. Uh, what do you think? What are you expecting? Are you are you side more for the Raptors, the Warriors, and whichever team you side more for, tell me what do you think they have to do to, to close out the game?
3: I think that the Warriors are going to take game game six because –
2: oh,
3: oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. They're definitely taking game <laughs> oh, six. Oh,
2: definitely. Because, because, they injured further. <laughs>
3: because first off, they're at home. That's first, first off. Uh, second off – hasn't done,
2: done well ready. for them so far.
3: Oh yeah, but that was in the past. This is now, Game <laughs> Six. You know, they had the, the 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 Raptors had their chance. They blew it. You know, it's, it's Game Six? It's at home, in Oracle. Uh, the Warriors still have one of, one of the greatest players of all time, three-time champion, two-time MVP, Stephen Curry. They have him. So I'm I'm going with Stephen Curry and the Warriors for Game Six.
1: One hundred percent. I'm not gonna... MVP. I'm not going to hate on that take, and I'm going to give a take after I go to Charles about how I feel each team needs to do to win the game and and what's going to happen. But I'm going to go to Charles next before I respond to any of you guys. Charles, who do you feel wins? And give me your reasons why.
4: I look back at game five, and I think to myself, man, you know, I made the point about that timeout the last possession. I think at that series, the Raptors are down down in the series. It's 2-2. It's 3-3. I think a timeout gets called. Because he had the 3-1 lead, I think Nurse was, you know, just kind of letting them play. And it seemed like the KD injury really affected, in a way, the Raptors more than it affected the Warriors in a negative way. You know, it, yes, a, a, you know, at first it affected the Warriors negatively. But then, like, like I said earlier, with the Boogie, it, it really fired them up and fueled them to win that game. It, you know, this series could have been a sweep if it wasn't for the stupid turnover in Game 2. And it probably should have been. And with this Raptors team, I think people devalue all the pieces they have. They've got so many guys that can go out and have big nights, you know, put up 10 to 15 points. And they've got six or seven guys that can do that. Right now, looking at the Warriors. Wait, let him him
1: finish, Justin. We'll we'll open it up to the floor at the end.
4: Very good. Okay. Right now, looking at the Warriors, they really have two guys you can count on to put up double digits. Because you really can't even count on Draymond to put up double digits because he's putting up 10, you know. He's barely making it into double digits, and they're leaving him wide open. So you expect, you know, if looking at game six, if the Warriors are going to win, Draymond's going to have to have a really good shooting night because they cannot be able to have a a good offensive game if they only have two shooters out there. You saw what happened to the Raptors when Quinn Cook was out there. Yes, he only scored three but it made it harder for them to defend the Warriors because they're going to do that triangle in two. And I really think that's something they're going to try to do a lot. I think it's going to be effective. I think you see a different defense when Van Vliet is in there compared to Danny Green. Danny Green started because of Kevin Durant. So I think you're going to have a different start of the game. I think the Raptors win on the road. 100%.
1: Look, game six, I I, I think I'm going to talk about from Toronto's perspective than the Warriors. I think Kawhi Leonard has to come out and beat Kawhi Leonard. He can't come out and get he can't come out and be slow have a lot of turnovers like he did in game five he has to come out and be Kawhi Leonard also they need Kyle Lowry and someone else someone else to step up and big and have either one of either Kyle Lowry and one other person have has to have 20 points or around the 15 points 15 to 20 points they need a second person to get that whether that's Kyle Lowry Pascal Siakam or Fred Van Vliet. Then they need a third person to have between the 15 and 10 point range. And I think if they do that with everybody else filling out, I think Toronto will close this and win this game because they play great defense. They have a, a megastar and one of the, and arguably the best player in the series now that Kevin Durant is done for with Kawhi Leonard. Can he be that closer and finish it out? I got on James Harden's ass. I got on his ass ass when he did not close that game against when KD went down the first time and you gotta understand that I'm gonna get on Kawhi's ass for not finishing out that game against the Warriors yes he hit three back-to-back shots in a row, get him to close and and it's a little more acceptable than James Harden because James Harden went uh, was a no-show in that fourth quarter when Kevin Durant went down. And I got to give Kawhi his props for getting it close, and he's hitting those three back-to-back shots. He got him in the point. He just couldn't take the shot because it was double-team. Now, for the Warriors. For the Warriors to win, I kind of agree with, with Charles. We, uh, Draymond Green, bro, I've been asking for it for two weeks straight. Draymond Green, you have to get over 15 points. You have to, you have to, you have to. And on top of that, you have to get your assists to get the Iguodalas, the easy layups, to get the Sean Livingston, the easy layups, to get the, the Quinn Cooks, the wide-open threes. Not only do you have to get 20 points, but you have to get between 8 and 10 assists along with your rebounds. You have to do a better blockout thing because something that people don't want to talk about is the Warriors are getting killed on the offensive glass, and they can't allow the Raptors to get as many second-chance shots as they've been getting in the past. Because if they do, they will lose, and they will not be the champions of the league. They have to get more effort from... And like Schubert said, it's going to suck because Kayvon Looney's injured, and that's why... He can't bang as much. That's why you see him get three rebounds. They're going to have to get a better effort from DeMarcus Cousins, Andrew Bogut, and Jordan Bell. If Jordan Bell's not going to give you any production, don't play him those four minutes. Get him the hell out of that game. They need other people to step up and block out and and, re- and get offensive rebound and stop preventing second-chance opportunities, as well as we know what Steph and Claire are going to give you. Draymond Green, I've said this, but from Sean Livingston, Quinn Cook, Andre Iguodala, one of you three guys – has to get 10 points plus. And I really want to say one of you guys have to get 15 points plus, but if Steph can get 20 plus, 25 plus, like between the 28 and 30 range, if Klay can get between the 25 and 30 range and Draymond gets between 17 and 20 and one of you guys gets 15, that's enough, I believe, for the Warriors to win. But like Charles said, they're going to be playing that triangle in two. They're going to be forcing Steph and Clay to shoot. You need someone else to step up and be an offensive threat. Because if not, you guys will not win and will not be champions. I want to go with Schubert first. Schubert, give me your pick for who wins game six. Raptors. Justin, give me your pick for who wins game six. Warriors. Charles, give me your pick for who wins game six. The Pelicans. Just (laughs) The Raptors. Oh, man. But they didn't win. Gosh, do I go with the Raptors or the Warriors? It's been so tough. All right, all right, all right. Look, my heart is going for the Warriors. But my head, I can't see the Raptors losing. I'm picking the Toronto Raptors to win game six. It is Justin by himself with the Warriors. Now, that's pretty much it. Assuming there's a game seven with Sunday uh let let let's discuss it just just in case because there won't be a pod by then uh, we can do an emergency pod either way we'll, we'll we'll give you guys something if there is a game seven but looking ahead that's back into that's back in toronto if there's a game seven can toronto close i just want i just wanted brief thoughts we're not gonna spend a lot of time on this because this is speculation but if it goes to a game seven, do the Warriors take the momentum and win that game? I'm going to start with Charles. Just brief, brief, brief. What are your thoughts on that? And we're going to go down the line. If it's a game seven, do the Raptors
4: win, or do you feel momentum has shifted for the Warriors' favor? Kawhi Leonard at one point was asked, who is Kawhi Leonard? And he replied with, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard's going to be Kawhi Leonard in game seven, and he's a freaking machine. That dude is going to go off. Whether, if, you know, if they don't win game six, there's no way in hell I see them losing Game Seven unless an injury occurs. One hundred percent, Schubert, Do you feel if there's
1: a Game Seven, who you rocking with? Brief thoughts on why.
2: Uh, I said it a little a little bit earlier in the podcast that it, if the Raptors lost Game Six, I think they'd lose Game Seven. One hundred percent. It's one. It's a. It's a momentum thing. It's a Steph Curry thing. You know, if Steph Curry's come out of here and playing unbelievably. Uh, I have a feeling that he's going to close that out. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I still have a feeling that the Raptors are going to take care of business. So hopefully we won't have to come to that. Justin, same question for you. If it's a game seven,
1: I know you picked the Warriors in game six. So I'm assuming if there is a game seven, which you believe there will be, you're rocking with the Warriors for that.
3: I think the Warriors uh, take game seven and they win by five points. One in the overtime in the fourth okay.
1: quarter. Okay, five okay. That's a hot take. I'm going to say this. I think if there is a Game 7, I do. I, I am rocking with the Warriors because I feel like at that point, the Raptors, you did not close. And as much as I love Kawhi Leonard and I feel like he's a dog, I feel like he gets it done in Game 6. But if you give Steph Curry the opportunity to see blood in the water and more so Klay Thompson, let's not forget Game 6, Klay. Let's not forget the, 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 the monster in the, the assassin that Klay Thompson is. If Klay Thompson and get that chance to where you you give him any bit of light like you did like okc did in 2016 he's gonna tear you up and i'm with you your momentum if you give him that momentum they're gonna kill you so that's pretty much all we wanted to discuss for the playoffs we got you our we gave you our thoughts on game four game five we talked about the kevin durant injury we gave you our predictions for game six and the rest of the series let's discuss now the uh, free agency let's discuss Anthony Davis and the Pels because there's new information and we can tie in how how KD feels in that free agency before i get to before we get to any of this i got to state some of the news rich paul gave an interview with sports illustrated however the the interview was conducted i believe in february or march and they waited this long to release it it's basically rich paul goes on there and gives a bunch of top bunch of uh just points about how Boston you shouldn't take Anthony Davis because if you do you only get him for a year it's basically why should why should he not want to go to the Lakers they have they're the they're the franchise that had George Mikan uh Wilt Chamberlain uh Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Shaq Kobe and forget LeBron let's not even mention that they have all these great legends and then you throw LeBron on top of that why would he want to come here it's a legend town he said a bunch of all that stuff
2: And Boston isn't
1: it's, it's, uh, let's shoot me, mom, you know, you know what we're about to get to, and it just, it just, it just was a bunch of fluff. It was a bunch of bullshit. Excuse my language, and it, it's just, it's just ridiculous. I want to start with Charles. Charles, how, what did you feel about the Rich Paul uh, uh, article? And we'll open this up to the floor once Charles starts. I want, because I want Shuby to jump in this. I'm gonna jump in. Let's just have this conversation about Rich Paul, the Lakers, free agency, and the Pellies Charles, start us off. <laughs>
4: You know, I think the initial firestorm that happened w- was more smoke than anything. Because uh, once you read the, the comments, you know, you, you see that you, we learned nothing new. Uh, yes, you know, the two teams Anthony Davis wants to go to, we knew that. Uh, you know, yeah, look, if he goes to Boston, he's not going to sign an extension. Well, guess what? He can't sign an extension anywhere because you ha- you can't sign an extension with the new team after you've been traded for six months. So, no, he's not going to sign an extension with Boston. Uh, so, yes, Rich Paul, I'm glad you finally figured something out. But uh, the fact that he brought up the history of the Lakers yes! when the Lakers have been yeah. with the Knicks, one of the two worst, uh, they are the two worst franchises since Anthony Davis has been in the NBA. It just makes zero sense. Uh, that I, was, whole- to me,
1: not, not to catch you off, to me, that was bullshit. I'm with you. That was bullshit. How are you going to bring up George Mikan to, Wil- to Kareem? To- so are, the, are any of those guys playing on the court or any of them? Or no. any, any of those guys coming on the field. And like, like you said, so Boston doesn't have Byrd, uh, Bill Russell, Robert Harris, McHale. Like, they have big legends of their own. Kevin Garnett.
2: Paul Pierce.
1: Exactly. And, and, to, and to the point about Kevin Garnett, let's not forget, Kevin Garnett told Minnesota – I'm not signing with Boston. Told Boston, I'm not signing with you if they trade for me. I'm not going to play. And, oh, wait, look what happened. Boston still traded for KG. They won championships, and he stayed. Big surprise. Big freaking surprise. To me, I lose so much respect for Anthony Davis after this because it it went from 29 teams to four teams. He only threw the bucks in there so people couldn't say that, oh, he he just wants to go to these big markets. He just wanted to throw the bucks in there like, oh, yeah, maybe the small market team. When actuality – it, it dropped down to the two with the Knicks. And now I don't even think the Knicks are even on his list. It's just the Lakers. Like, he should have been up front and said, I want to go to the Lakers. I want to play for the Lakers. And stop giving us this running-around mill bullshit. I
2: if he's mean... To jump jump ahead it. I mean, yeah, he he could have said that, but I think it'd be worse if he said that he wanted to go straight out to the Lakers. And I don't think the Pelicans would have given him that. They might have just... I don't know. I mean, it, it it's... It's not the issue, so it's not anything that we really need to worry about. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is kind of just a really weird situation. The fact that this interview you said happened in March. Yeah, like it
1: happened that long ago.
2: Yeah, I mean, we already knew back in March that he was already trying to to make this Boston thing not happen. So I I I think it's been moving along.
1: I feel like this was only released as because... He's getting word that, oh, Boston's really, really serious and they're going to do it. He's trying everything in his power to stop Boston from doing this. And Wode reported today that the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers are engaged in separate trade talks with the New Orleans Pelicans in pursuit of Anthony Davis. He reported that after. The stuff that Rich Paul and everybody on Twitter was like, oh, see now, Boston's out of it. Well, turns out Boston's not out of it. Charles, what's your take on the, on the whole, him going through the media to try to get Boston out of it? Do you feel that this will affect Boston in any way?
4: No, I mean, Boston's not backing down. Boston wants Anthony Davis. And like I said, the Raptors won game six. The Pelicans are the bigger winner because it shows that, yes, you can run a player for a year, whether he stays or not, you can win a championship. And with Kevin Durant hurt next year, the, the window is wide open for any team that adds a, a player, you know, that's one player away. Uh, you look at so many teams. I mean, you look at Boston, you know, if, if this is how they can convince Kyrie to stay, I, I think that Boston's a team that, you know, a lot of people are going to look at maybe the front runner in the East. And, and then they'll have an easy road going against a team in the West without the Warriors being there. So, you know,
2: 100. You, you, you could know, argue that the Kevin Durant injury also helps with that because Kyrie wanted to leave. And trying to try and meet up with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant doesn't leave. I don't think Kyrie's going to want to leave and go by himself. Exactly. That's, that's you know, another good
4: point. I, I agree with that there. And, you know, um, it, it's just crazy that there's just this media thing going on. And, and it's funny. You know, Rich Paul, Magic Johnson come out and they say, oh, look, it's Dell Demps who is leaking all these trade deals. Well, let, let me just give you a big news flash. Dell Dimps is no longer with the Pelicans. The front office has been completely redone, and you've got a new guy in charge by the name of David Griffin who's pretty open with the media. So I think all these trade rumors are actually coming from the Lakers, which is crazy because they're shitty deals, and it's not a deal that, unless you're a Lakers fan, you think's a good deal. So, I mean, the whole thing to me is just crazy. Uh, The Lakers, the only way they can get a deal done is if they get another team involved, and the Pelicans have been very strong on what they want. They want a current all-star, a potential all-star, and two first-round picks. And damn well they're going to get that because David Griffin's not going to take less.
1: No, he won't. And, and Truby, I want to give you props because the Clippers haven't been really making any traction, something you you discussed you didn't see them doing too much. Clippers
4: Clippers and Nets are completely out of it right now.
1: Exactly. Yeah, Roge, Roge reported that Boston and the Clippers are two teams with interest in Davis who haven't been able to gather enough traction or assets in the conversation with New Orleans. So, Shuby, I want to give you some props about the Clippers not being in, involved. I, for me, I I, I I think Boston's the best deal. I really wish Brooklyn could get some traction, but I really think that's due to the fact that we can't guarantee that D'Angelo Russell will come here. We have to get D'Angelo to agree to sign and
2: trade, and even then, I don't know if they have enough
1: And even though, because I like. And if you're
2: the Nets, if you get rid of D'Angelo Russell to get Anthony Davis, then you don't really gain anything. And you, You well, you're banking on Kyrie. Yeah, you're banking on Kyrie coming. Well, yeah, that's iffy. And even that, it's just Anthony Davis and Kyrie. That's it. And then you get rid of your team, like Joe Harris. You get rid of because we're gonna want Jared. You're gonna have to get rid of.
1: Yeah, you're gonna have to get
2: rid of Allen. You're probably gonna have to get rid of Lavert. I,
1: I, yeah, either Lavert or Harris or both, one of them. Because because the thing that Brooklyn doesn't have is picks. So instead of picks, they're going to have to offer vets. And and they're if you're they're Brooklyn, gonna,
4: they're going to have to offer vets to teams for picks. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then do you, if you're Brooklyn, you just made the playoffs. You're getting these two superstars, but is the team around them enough? Do you think you can sign enough people, or do you say, "Eff it, we're going to sign our young." All star back. We're gonna try to uh, keep keep this thing together. Maybe make the playoffs or something, or wait for an opportunity to trade for another superstar to pose with uh, to pose with D'Angelo Russell instead of taking the chance on Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis, both who honestly, if you're gonna if you want to call a spade a spade, both have shown they have no leadership capabilities, and both are head cases. And it's like, are those the two guys that are gonna lead your team? When it was Kevin Durant and those two guys, you knew Kevin Durant could be the leader, but with those two guys. Who's the A-man? Who leads the team? Can Anthony Davis and Kyrie get along? And I don't know if Brooklyn wants to take that chance.
2: You know, do you think that the timetable is really going to be up to the draft? Or do you think that there's gonna, they're going to wait till after that happens? Because I, I see that the whole draft thing being a huge part of this, uh, you, you only have, what, seven more days?
1: Yeah, see, uh, Charles has a different opinion than some of the people that Bird writes. I'm going to let Charles say his before I, I uh, say what other people think.
4: Here, let's play it this way. All right, Lyndon, you're to uh, you're Boston, right? All right, you, you know, you're coming up at the 14th pick. What do you do? You want Anthony Davis, right? The 14th pick's been discussed. You phone call. Hey, Debbie, David Griffin, who should we take with the 14th pick? Oh, man, we were thinking the same thing. And that's all you have to do. You know, you can make the trade later. But David Griffin has said he's not going to rush into anything. He's not going to take a bad deal because he wants to get a draft pick. Uh, because, to be honest, looking at this draft, yeah, there are a couple of guys that could hit, but it's really like a three-man draft. You yep. can make a case for a yeah. four-man draft, but it's really a three-man. And the Knicks aren't involved. So, it, it, you know, I don't think the draft is as important as it would be uh, if maybe the Knicks were involved, but since they aren't, you know, uh, I, I could see this. I could see this happening tonight, but I could also see this happening in three weeks. Exactly. And a, a lot of people in the New Orleans media think it's
1: going to happen by draft night. But the thing is, like Charles said, I feel like it's going to happen in a couple more weeks, a couple weeks down the line, as we get closer to free agency, because, so they can sign Anthony Davis, or they can have him on the team and relinquish Kyrie Irving's, uh, his Rose rules, or whatever the Rose rule releases rights, so they can have another max player on the team. And look, and it helps the Pelicans if they do do what Charles said, because then you can do a an Andrew Wiggins type Kevin Love thing, where after the draft, you knew Andrew uh, Wiggins, you knew Wiggins was going to Minnesota. But they only did it like that so the cap could work out and so they could get, I believe, like a, a there's some type of reduction like uh, in something that the Pels would get for doing something like that. So I feel like that's what is going to happen. Although draft night will be hot and we will be giving you good guys good draft coverage and we'll be up to date and everything. I just feel like, like Charles said, David Griffin's focusing more on getting Zion in, getting that draft stuff together, and then we'll deal with anything Davis once we have Zion in the building. But I do not think this trade goes past the summer. Like, I feel like Anthony Davis will be out of this team come August.
2: Yeah, I I agree with that. I think that they're not going to wait too long. But like what you guys are saying, I don't think it's going to be something that happens within the week. Uh, What Charles said kind of makes a good point. Um, If you can draft someone that the Pelicans would be interested in it's just another asset – Maybe something that you could save if you're, the, if you're the Celtics to try and not have to give away too much, depending I mean, you, on the pick you make.
4: You also have to get, if you make the trade with the Celtics and you want Jalen Brown, you got to get them under contract as well. Yeah. So uh, that that also puts something into it, and you're not going to do that until the uh, league year starts. So I think the league year starting could be maybe the deadline but uh, or when you see an actual trade happen. But guys, don't be surprised if in the middle of the night there's a Woj bomb.
1: Could be, huh? You're absolutely right. That could happen. And also,
4: that's what, another, that's, that's, what that's what the noise is. There's also, real noise on the Pelican side that a Woj bomb could be coming tonight.
1: Also, if if they do trade with Boston, you can always get the unofficial trade. You, you know what I mean, Charles? You can always get the unofficial thing. Yep. And then once and once the uh, free agency starts, and you can relinquish the Rose rule, the Rose rights to Kyrie Irving, then the trade becomes official to where you can get Anthony Davis on the books. It, it, you, we could get notice that the trade is going down unofficially and then boom come come that free agency period the trade happens just so David Griffin can get all the noise from the Lakers stopping we know who's coming you can get Zion excited for Tatum you can get everything out the way and Danny Ainge can start his process in courting Anthony Davis but that's pretty much all we really have to cover this week all the time we have this week I'm gonna start off with Charles being our guest Charles tell the people
4: they can find you on social media well, make sure you follow the Primetime Podcast at Primetime underscore Pod. I had a great interview with uh, Brian Biennemi. Landon came on as well. We talked uh, some Saints minicamp, talked about Anthony Davis, and uh, look, we're going to be looking to do some interviews. As we do get into the dog days of summer, uh, SEC Media Days is like three weeks away. Uh, we will be covering the draft. We'll be at the draft party, so come by, tell us hello, and we'll be looking to get some sound from the draft party as well. Uh, which will be happening a week from tonight at Manning's. I think you have to be a season ticket holder, but you do have to get, uh, you do have to purchase tickets for it. But exciting time in New Orleans, exciting time in Louisiana as baseball also wrapped up. And we're looking forward to uh, SCC Media Days training camp starting up. And, and look, football will be here before you know it. Justin, tell the
1: people where they can find you on social media, my brother. Everyone can find me on, uh,
3: well, first off, my ad name is Justin JustinBaptiste22. You guys can find me on Twitter. Um, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. And you guys can also follow or s-
1: subscribe, and read my basketball blogs at tradesandlays.com. Read, be subscribe. sure to be sure to check out his basketball blog as he writes great articles after the game happens. And as we're getting close to the draft, Justin's going to have to have some draft coverage, I suspect, and getting you guys ready for the offseason. Be sure to check out his blog. Shuby, tell the people where they can find you at on social media.
2: Hey, Super14 on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to tune in to Bros Who Binge this week. Men in Black International comes out, so we'll be reviewing that. And also, even more news on the Matt Reeves Batman. We have a almost, I guess this is the full villains that are supposedly confirmed. So we yeah. have a b- bigger idea of what that's going to look like.
1: Excited, man, and I'm excited to see Men in Black uh, International, even though I'm hearing it might be a flopper, which would be sad. Oh, man, I hope not. Yeah, I know, because we saw X-Men last week, and it was trash. Yeah, like, I'm, tired. Yeah. I'm tired of these trash movies. Th- that was um, bad. That was really bad. Jesus Christ, if you want to hear what we thought about it and hear our funny review, go check out last week's episode of The Bench. You can follow hey. Brooklyn at where Brooklyn at on Twitter and Instagram. Charles, what did you about to say?
4: I was going to say, uh, congrats to the Blues on winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Oh, man. they won.
1: Oh, nice, nice, nice. Shout out.
4: Out to the blues, yeah.
1: Follow Brooklyn at where Brooklyn at on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Bros you Think at Bros Who Think on Twitter. You can follow me at Lynn BWT on Twitter or at Lynn Lyndon Burton II on Instagram. Be sure to check out, like Charles said, the most recent episode of Primetime. Check out the most recent episode of Anime Talk. We re- uh, we reviewed Sam the latest chapter of Samurai Eight, Chapter Five, as well as the latest episode of Demon Slayer. Gabe talked about the Tsunami lineup. Talked about that trash trash ass game dragon ball z kakarot that's coming out (laughs) as well as discuss why bandai is a horrible company for anime games and what they need to do to step it up because it's embarrassing and uh, among a lot of other things be sure to check that out and it was well on friday be sure to check out the bros who binge because me and she we're gonna have a great conversation but other than that you guys have a great weekend we truly truly appreciate 99 episodes we wouldn't be here without you guys the fans Thank you, thank you, thank you. We truly, truly appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. If you only listen once or you listen every week, it doesn't matter. Either way, we love you guys, and we truly, truly appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, whether it's on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Merch coming soon. We're excited for that. And the 100th is next week. We got a lot, lot to look forward to. But... For Charles, for Justin, for Schubert, for Brooklyn. My name is Lyndon. You guys have a great week. We will talk to you next week for the 100th. It's going to be a good one. I'm super, super excited. Have a good weekend. Be safe, and we will talk to you next Thursday. Peace. Yeah, do anything necessary. For you, I'm so down that it scares me. Tell them
0: back, back, don't come near you, girl. And when I go down, I'm going to fill you up. Everybody
1: say, saying, take control. Your eyes are staring deep inside my soul. And baby, you know.